And here we are, another week, uh, with Rico and Marcus, still the Nameless Podcast. We have narrowed it down to a few couple things, but we don't want to rush and have regrets, so we're going to take one last week, and by next week, we'll have a name. Hopefully. We were brainstorming for a good hour, and or just right now, that's because we've been talking about it at least, you know, for a good couple of weeks already, but we're finally we're finally making way. So that's a plus. Literally, literally, we've been on Discord for about an hour and a half, maybe probably closer to two hours already, just talking, throwing, spitballing names, and we think we got it, and then it's like, oh well, no, and we think we got it. No, no it's taken. That's because we had a real solid one, you know, and it was real strange because when we looked it up, it ended up being. Yeah, people who spoke Spanish and we're like, that's interesting, right? You know, we got a English name here and then it was just weird, but funny. Yeah, being that, uh, especially being that we're actually both Hispanic and we both do, <laughs> we're true. not, I, I don't, I don't think we're, we're like perfect Spanish speakers, but we know Spanish and we can communicate, we can hold our own. So being that uh, a lot of the, a lot of the things that we came up with, uh, and not really anything related to being Mexican or Spanish or anything like that. It just so happened that the people that had some of those channels, uh, channel names, uh, I think most of them were on YouTube is where we found them, yeah. uh, were Spanish speakers. So that was yeah. actually pretty cool. So I think last week, uh, Marcus said that he, for about a month already, Marcus has been saying, we need to talk about anime. We need to talk about anime. So. There's good reason because every he time made... we talk for an hour and a half, you know, we wait to the end and it's like, <laughs> oh, about this anime. It's like, oh, by the way, you know, we're just going to wrap it up because we've been, we've been going on for a while. So I've been, I, I, now we can start with anime. That's because right before this, I even said like, oh, we don't have to start with anime. And Rico's like, but why? You've been wanting to do this, you know, for a while already. And I, I kind of felt bad and stuff like that. Rico's like, no, we can start with anime. I said, all right, cool. All right, make me happy. Yeah, we'll, we'll give it its five minutes, you know? We'll give it its, <laughs> it's five minutes. What did it's, it's, you say? It's going to be fast, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the anime guy here around here, these parts is Marcus. So take it away, man. All what right. We well, right from the get-go, and this is something just for Rico, and I'm sure he already knows that if he doesn't, you know, I'd be kind of in shock. Um, a Pokemon Hisuian Snow anime is set for release in May 18th. and Every, every time they have those um, Pokemon anime shorts, the ones on YouTube, the six or 10 minute ones, they're amazing. And, you know, the animation's amazing. And I personally loved, you know, Arceus and Hisui uh, and Zoroark became my favorite. So the fact that I see, and I'm looking at the picture right now, um, I see a Hisui and uh, Zoroark there in the front, you know, on the cover. And it just looks amazing, especially with the fox masks and stuff like that. So I did want to give a shout out. And just because we were a little Pokemon nerd, I decided to open up with that. And I purposely opened it up with that. Uh, this was announced roughly about two days ago or so. But May 18th on the official Pokemon YouTube channel and Pokemon TV, we will be able to, to, to watch this. Now, the best part is it's animated by Wit Studio. And Wit Studio is amazing. They're the ones who animated, you know, Attack on Titan, uh, the first three seasons before they gave it away to uh, MAPPA. Not gave it away, but before they, you know, decided to go uh, MAPPA's route. So it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to look amazing. I, I, I know it, especially if it's coming from them. So, um, I actually, I actually did get a, an email from from Pokemon this week, and believe it or not, I saved it. 
I usually will save any Pokemon stuff that I get just so that way I can read it, review it, go back through it. Like at the end of the day when I'm on my phone uh, and I still have it saved and it's just, uh, I didn't even think about that when it came to anime, like shame on me. I should have been the Pokemon nerd, but that's true. It's going to be and, all new original story. So it's going to be something fresh for everybody. So that's, that's, that's even, you know, that's even better. So I thought it was a, a good thing to kind of look at. Yeah, and like you say, they've been like Pokemon and their the little animated shorts and things that they've been putting out here and there lately have just they've been knocking it out of the park, man. So this latest one being that that uh, little Bidoof short, remember that one? Yeah, oh man, the Bidoof man. If if you weren't a, a Bidoof fan before that, you were definitely one after that one, right? Oh, that was amazing. It takes out that uh, uh, was it was it a Star Raptor there at the end, right? Was it a Star Raptor? Yeah, it was amazing. Um, uh, again. If you weren't a Badoo fan before that, watching someone like that just, you know, get you all nitty, get you all giddy inside. It makes you feel nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, from here, continuing on, uh, kind of obviously, right, when it comes to anime, usually people like to rank these things. And being the spring season, you know, the, the fall season just finished up. I'm sorry, the fall season, the winter season just finished up. I do want to go back before we get, kind of get into the ranking of the spring season. So there from the winter, some of the things that kind of popped off and some, some of the things that were uh, very popular, some that you might or might not heard of, Attack on Titan, the final season, part two. And we always laugh at Attack on Titan. Not laugh at it, right? But when it comes to Attack on Titan, you know, the way it's ended and the way it is, and we have finished it. We're not going to spoil anything, but we always make fun of the joke. It's, you know, part three. It's going to be part three next. And it's going to be, you know, we're saying, oh, if we wait till part four, the final season, part five, you know, instead of calling it just the fourth season. So uh, that one, um, as far as ratings concerned, was up there, obviously. The one that was a kind of a surprise was one called My Dress Up Darling, which is, again, romantic comedies uh, anime. And I, I've, seen, I've seen my first share of romantic, uh, you know, rom-com type animes, and that one's supposed to be very, very good as far as uh, the romance and, obviously, you know, the, the, the comedy. And the waifus, I guess, if you want to call it something, because I know she was very, very popular. Uh, another one was uh, Sasaki Amiyano. Uh, that one was not on my list, but it is by Studio Dean. Um, not sure what it's about. Um, I just know that I, it does feature a BL romance, if I'm not mistaken. It does feature uh, what's called Shonen Ai, right? Where the uh, two main characters, you know, do have a, a, a share of romantic, you know, feelings for one another. So we do have that one. The one I just started, as a matter of fact, uh, was Kotaro Lives Alone. It is on Netflix. Four-year-old little boy um, lives in the apartment alone. Um, it's first episode was amazing the art style was a little different but if you haven't checked that one out uh, i just highly recommend it just from the first episode it's very very good and just to kind of you know breeze through these to the rest of them the case study real, real, part real, two i'm sorry real, real 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 quick oddly enough the one that i've have been hearing a lot about and been seeing a lot of comments i don't know about some of these but that dress up darling one for some reason has been all over my Twitter timeline. One of the one of the topics that I follow on my Twitter is anime. And I'm not too familiar with that, but I saw a lot of art about one character in particular. His name is Go- Gojo? Wakana Gojo or something like that? Yeah. I guess one. he's one, one of the main characters. Uh, yes. And I don't know. That, that one's been all over the place for me. I, I've seen it. Both on, I'm part of the anime subreddit. I've seen posts about it there, and I've seen it a lot on Twitter. So, 
well, just to just to kind of give you some, you know, there are it it was actually one of the highest rated ones, and its manga blew up blew up when it came out. Um, so considering that, you know, obviously anime are made to kind of build up the manga. You expect expect better things from this anime, you know, and that's what anime is for, right? To kind of see what's blowing up and you know what's going to take off and more or less, you know, what's niche and what's and whatnot. But my dress up darling just took over um, anime at a at one point. Even even sometimes, as far as rankings, obviously not all the time. It was it might have been once or twice. I do use uh, AnimeCorner.me and kind of see uh, what the rankings there. Also use Anime Planet, um, Anime's news net, news network. See what you know people are saying. Even go to Reddit and see you know people come up with their own list. And people were obsessed with my dress up darling. Um, and, and this one is uh, still just manga. Which one? Uh, the dress up darling, it, or is no, this no, already it, an anime? It, it's already anime. The, the first season just came out. Uh, Twelve episodes by Cloverworks. Um, it was during the winter season. I want to say it was January, February, you know, time a few months ago. But it just finished. Um, I'm sure season two, if it hasn't already been, I don't think it has. But it's going to be greenlit. So that one, I, it, it it is on my watch list. But you know, when it comes to that romantic comedy stuff. Um, I tend to kind of binge watch it in one go, and then I kind of see, you know, where we're going. I usually it's what well, I'll watch it whenever at nighttime or whenever I just feel like watching something, you know, colorful and quirky and you know upbeat rather than the depressing stuff we usually watch. Okay, so so it's gonna be that rom com slice of life type. Exactly. Show. Yes. Exactly. I think I think the only one I've seen like that has been the. Uh... The Rascal show. Rascal does not dream of a bunny girl senpai. Oh yeah. That, that that comes to mind. That's the only one I can I can think of that I'm familiar with. So I yeah, actually well, I I know you you actually would talk about that one pretty often, and I would see a lot of posts uh, about the the girl in that anime, Mai. Yeah. Uh, and people would always talk about her, this and that. She's the best. She's this. She's that. And then. You know, it was just funny, like this this idea that oh, I'm gonna watch a bunny girl show, but then you watch it, and it, you know, like just because it's something different from what we're used to, like you say, like the fighting, the crazy storylines, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So it's just, it, I guess it's just different, but it, it it can be refreshing every now and then. Oh yeah, and, and, and to, I'm, to, I'm to change it up and I'm watch something a little different. Tell you, I'm always the first one to tell you, you know, something something that's you know quirky and, and refreshing because again, a lot of stuff that does come out. Not that it's the same, you know, but it is shown in, right? If it's not shown in, it's going to be some sort of a horror genre that we've been seeing recently, um, action adventure. So when you catch this rom com or something dealing uh, in, in uh, Bunny Girl Senpai with uh, adolescent syndrome or puberty syndrome, as they call it in, in one of the um, languages, uh, you're dealing with the supernatural. I'm, I'm talking about Bunny Girl, right? The supernatural storyline encompassed in a romantic comedy. Uh, slice of life so you know it, it's a breath of fresh air whenever you find something like that my dress of darling probably it's it's up that avenue uh, i don't think there's any fantastical elements in there but when it obviously if if it's doing that well and if it became that popular this life and like the slice of life mechanic or a slice of life story you know just probably supersedes just about anything so looking forward to that one for sure there's got to be something to it if, if it's that popular yeah. and it's that oh, yeah. there has to there has to be something about it I, 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 something I doesn't more. just rise for no reason right yeah i would hope more it's more than just the wife i, I would hope right <laughs> <laughs> hopefully um, wife can go a long way but yeah 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 we'll give see us a little bit <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, and just to kind of wrap up the, the what came out of the winter, the case study of Anita's part two, I know I mentioned a while ago and, and that one was uh, pretty popular. Um, Ari Fureta from the Commonplace World Second Strongest, second season, anything with the second season, um, you know, it's obviously up there for a reason. Uh, and then I think that's kind of about it as far as what was, you know, what was good, you know, what was strong for the winter. I know there are some other ones that came out, weren't really reviewed Orient, the strongest age with the weakest crest and stuff like that, Tribe Nine. Um, just, you know, you know, people have their niche. And if there's one out there that, you know, people, it's, it's underrated, you know, find a way, let us know, and we'll give it a watch for sure. Have, um, uh, have you checked out that, uh, have you watched that Ari Ferretta show? I've, I've had it on my watch list for quite a while. And simply because one time I saw the, I don't know if he's the protagonist or if he's just the the main male, he, the hero or who he is. I don't even know what he is in the show. But I saw a clip or a picture of one of the main guys, the guy that wears an eye patch, has an eye patch. That's the main character, yeah. And he has two guns. And just because of that, I said, dude, this guy looks badass. I want to watch this show. So I went and yeah. saved it. Still haven't touched it. Haven't watched it. But just to ask real quick, like, have you seen the show? I've seen it. I haven't, I've watched, usually I watch the first episode whenever I decide to kind of get into it, whether I, whether I want to binge or not. I'm I'm usually real, real funny where I wait for it to finish before I binge watch it all because I, I don't like waiting week to week. Uh, but strangely, I am making an exception of that rule uh, with Spy Family, but I'll get into that a little later. Um, but I am going to get into that. I know it's, but that is your main character. It is, you know, it's, a, it's an um, isekai, ha, uh, it's a harem, he does have a harem, he's OP, you know, it, it's your it's your standard stuff, but again, you can never go wrong with um, something that's kind of over the top, you know, you know, just, you know, it, it, the cheesy stuff, right, and sometimes the cheesy stuff, you know, is also another refreshing, you know, sight, right, so it, it, is, one, it is one of those, so, but it's not for everybody, I don't think, obviously, right, but okay. we'll see. Uh, all right, well, moving on, kind of what's coming out, we are in the spring we are in the spring uh anime season and right from the get-go and then there are several of them that are you know supposed to be really good um i'm gonna start with the one that's just captivating you know the um world right now which is by family it's barely on its third episode fourth episode coming out soon and the manga sales have just exploded uh the ratings have just exploded being being watched by just just about everybody if you're an anime fan you're not watching that you're missing out um I'm I'm already saying it's going to be as big as something like Demon Slayer, and that, you know that's that's saying something considering the popularity and the cultural impact that Demon Slayer has. Um, I I would say Attack on Titan too, uh, but the thing is that you know Attack on Titan and Demon Slayer they do have that cultural impact. I just think Demon Slayer right now is probably just a little bit more just because a little bit more popular, and not even for the story or anything like that. I'm saying more or less just because of the the pacing, you know, and and the way the anime is being distributed or, you know, is being put out. Uh, but Spy Family, it's going to blow up. I, I promise you, it has. If, if you haven't noticed it by now, it's going to take over the world, you know, my hero, Attack on Titan, Demon Slayer style. Uh, you can bet on it. And if I'm wrong, then, well, I'd, I'd be in shock, but I'm pretty sure it's hit up that route of isn't already. Um, as far as the manga charts are concerned, it's, a, it's, it's, it's sold 1.5 million already in the last month since the first episode debuted in uh in terms of manga how old is it is it a relatively recent manga has it been out a couple years now or 
Spy Family original manga actually came out in 2019. It's it's not even that it's not even that far in chapters. It's barely on it's it's on chapter 62. Now the problem with that is that when they adapt, you know, the first 24 episodes and we get the second season in the fall, it's gonna catch up. So you know, yeah. let's see, let's see, let's see how how much of a story it's con- if it's a concise story, if it's gonna be a long one. I've always always I've always appreciated you know the shorter stories. Um, like and Demon Slayer is not that long as compared to obviously something like Naruto or One Piece. Whenever you get those long chapters, short, concise stories tell amazing, amazing anime. But it's only a six-two chapters. Came out three years ago. Three years yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that's relatively. That's still relatively new. Oh yeah, yeah. So expect more. Um, again, as far as far as popularity, we'll see just you know how far it goes. Um, another romantic comedy. Of romantic comedies um big time and it's one that i've seen the first season of i haven't watched the second season yet but again i, I am waiting for his third um for his third um uh episode is, is kaguya sama love is war ultra romantic this is the i guess what it would be the third season of of the anime and it's a, just like it's just like it says love is war you know and just to kind of kind of give some plot point behind that Two people have a crush on each other, but they cannot admit their feelings. So instead of admitting their feelings, they do their best to basically um, try to get to try to get the other one to bow to them in a defeated way. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a lot of fun. It's exactly that what sounds it funny. Like. That sounds Com- funny as shit. <laughs> they compete. They're they're competing, and you know it's a competition. And there's no such thing as emotion. You can't show this. I'm gonna be better than you, and you're gonna succumb to my will, type thing. And that's the way, that's kind of the way. And they have a crush, and they're always just battling it out. It's it's hilarious. It, it's a big time rom com. It's one of the best ones right now. It's already its third season. As far as rom coms are concerned, I know we just talked about uh, Dress Up Darling, but this is probably the best rom com right now that's out. It's called Yosama Love Is War, and it's uh, it's available on Crunchyroll. Um, if you want to give it a shot, uh, for strangely enough, as far as spring twenty, there is quite a bit. Comey can't communicate. Second season just came out. I am watching that one on Netflix. A sentence of a bookworm is actually very popular. Part one and two came out. It is on my watch list, um, but that one seems to be again, it's in its own world, different. That one seems to be real different, which is you know why it's kind of. Uh, piques my interest kingdom i've had a kingdom on my watch list for years i'm talking to like you know since season one came out years and years ago um it first came out in 2012 if i remember correctly 2012 ish um it yeah yeah 2012 2013 um i've had it since then and i remember seeing it um at least the box you know wanting to buy it it just never did so i do have that one on my watch list um a couple of other ones i'm only gonna mention a few more i know rico's gonna like one of these here the rising of the shield hero uh i haven't seen it i haven't seen season two yet i'm gonna watch it but again i want to binge watch it um i know rico said he's he's seen it what do you think so far uh i've seen the first two and so far just uh it seems like it's just the continuation of the story setting up this new Something new coming into the universe, something we didn't really know anything about in season two. I mean, season one. Season one kind of leaves us with this. Uh, since we've already both watched that, it leaves us with the with the realization that that our heroes that we're familiar with in 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 that universe are not the only heroes out there. We start to be introduced to other heroes and the idea of 
our heroes might be competing with other heroes to see ultimately what kingdom is going to survive. And then here we're introduced to something that is supposed to be so dangerous that the quote-unquote waves that our heroes being the hero of the shield, the bow, the spear, uh, and what is the last one? The shield, uh, the bow, the spear. The sword? No? I don't remember. I don't. It's been a while. And again, uh, I remember reading, starting to read it. I just rather decided. All right, I decided not to just because I enjoyed the first season so much. Uh, but I do hear that the second season, not not that it's suffering from pacing issues. No, I think it was more like manga readers being upset about something, but that you know everybody else enjoyed it. Again, manga readers can be a kind of a little nitpicky uh, when it comes to the source material and stuff like that. So uh, The bow hero... Sword, the sword hero. You're right. It is sword hero. Yeah. I mean, it makes uh, sense. That's 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 what came to my mind. So, so that's it, without spoiling anything. It's just that this new threat is something so because you know, and if you're familiar with the way the the story is in in the shield hero and and that universe, there's a thing. If you're not familiar with it, there's something called waves. These uh these four people are summoned into this kingdom from the real world. And it's sort of like a video game-ish kind of kingdom where you go in there, you kind of start like with these certain stats. And as you experience more things, go out on your journey, um, are able to defeat certain things, you level up. And you also start to gain a crew uh, of followers. And you level up together. You have your party. I guess you would call it your party, not your crew. Uh, And you defeat waves, much like... uh, what would be something like Call of Duty Zombies, Gears of War Horde. And that's kind of the big bad thing that that happens. Waves, waves. Okay, the next wave. We got to get ready for the next wave. We got to level up, be stronger for the next wave. So in season two, we're introduced to something that's so dangerous that the waves are put on hold. Uh, time, Time usually is set in the world where there is like a... What do you call it? The, those little timer things, Marcus. The, uh, the with what? the sand, with the sand that that uh, flip upside down. Uh, what you call them? Uh, oh my god, dude. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not, I'm I'm embarrassed that it's not even. Um, oh my god, dude. Um, hourglass, okay. like an hourglass. Hourglass. Oh that, my god. So an hourglass. So so there's an hourglass that is imbued with magic in the kingdoms. And that always tells how much time is in the next wave. This hourglass legit, like, it stops counting down because it says, okay, we need to deal with this instead of dealing with these waves. Like, the waves are just like, nah, bro, like, do this. That's, so that's, that, that's, cool. just, that, that's just a little, a little backstory to, like, gauge some interest. I, I still only watched the first two episodes. I think we have maybe five now. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm be I'm behind three, but uh, I am watching that. Yeah, I haven't I haven't started it. So again, usually wait just because I do like pinching things. Um, all right. Well, just to kind of wrap up some of the stuff that is up well not upcoming right the spring stuff uh, summertime rendering. Um, that is on my watch list. It was a manga that came out in 2021, 139 chapters. Um, I I am excited about that one. I, I do like mysteries. Um, 
mystery supernatural type. So summertime render, rendering seems to be a good one. Um, your boy Kong Ming, which which is also based on Three Kingdoms. Now the only reason I want to see this one is because uh, Shu uh, Liang happens to be one of my favorite characters just in general. Uh, if you played Dynasty Warriors, if you're familiar with the Three Kingdoms, uh, if you're familiar with um, Chinese his history, um, you, you know that he's part. He was right after the Han Dynasty during that era. Um, but yeah, in Dynasty Warriors, is one of, I, I played that game in, when in, when it came out on PlayStation and. Xu Liang just happened to be one of my favorites, and they actually made an anime. It's called Your Boy Kong Ming. Kong Ming says other name that his Chinese name that they've actually referred him to. So looking forward to that one. Uh, and then last, as far as the ones that are already out and already kind of showing, um, an anime came out in 2011 that I remember watching and enjoying. I kind of I compared it to uh, very similar to My Hero. Um, it's called Tiger and Bunny. The second season actually just came out years, 10 years after season one came out. So I am looking forward to that one. Um, it's already on Netflix. All the episodes, it's just a matter of me getting to it. Um, but Tiger and Bunny, I'm getting, I am getting ready to that, uh, for that one. Uh, that, some of the ones, go ahead. I was just going to say, that's pretty crazy. 10 years in between seasons. And, uh, well, it's not the first one. Several. And, and, and I was about, I was about to mention that, like, and it seems like now nowadays you're you're hearing a little bit more of these extended uh time like these extended times between them putting stuff out i know one of the big ones that i know i think you saw and then my uh actually my sister who's actually pretty into anime too was uh what do you call it the is it inuasha inuasha yeah inuasha they came out with uh, yashahime yashahime which would be the second season after the final act and stuff like that, that focuses on their kids. And that one was an original, not original, but it came out in the 2000s. You're talking about like, you know, before 2010, you know? Okay. So it was more of like a sequel. You would yeah. say. Yeah. 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 Like, it's like a, a sequel. Like a Boruto to, to Naruto kind of thing. Yes, exactly. Yes. And, but again, it'd been years since, you know, that came out. Okay. Yeah, uh, well, that's, I mean, that's not the only one. The, some of the other ones that kind of took forever to come up with a second, a second season besides Tiger and Bunny. Uh, another one called Devil's the Part-Timer came out in 2013. Never got a second season until they just announced one. So the second season for Devil's the Part-Timer just came out. I did see that one also. Quirky, a lot of fun. And again, this was one that came out way back when. And then another one, which is not as, well, actually it is older. Um, it's called Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer, which just got an anime adaptation announced. 65 chapters, very short story, but it was it started back in 2005 and finished in 2010. So the fact that they're adapting an, uh, a manga that you know that came out in 2005, I think those are good signs. It's been a great time to be uh, an anime watcher, just because we are getting stuff that's probably good. That's amazing stuff. We probably never even heard about, you know, that we will be seeing on on a screen. So I think that's awesome. And then Rico mentioned one a little while because he said it looked captivating. Uh, what was it called? You have it on there? The Legendary Hero is Dead, I think. Is what uh, yeah, said, right? The Legendary Hero is Dead. Yeah, that one was not as old, 2014. Um, but there again, anime scheduled for 2023. And it's, again, going to be one of those good ones, judging by... It looks good. It looks good. Judging by, I'm judging it by its cover, and you shouldn't. But it does look like a lot of fun. You know, like, and and that that caught it, it caught my eye too, just like that with the picture of uh, the picture I saw I saw specifically was on Twitter. Uh, again, I mentioned earlier one of the things that one of the topics I follow is anime, and you get a lot of 
a lot of art, different things. But every now and then you'll catch an announcement or something. And that uh, that picture just caught my eye. It's a picture of a group of people walking with a coffin that has what who what I assume to be the hero of their land, whatever, uh, in in the coffin. And you know that that story kind of already writes itself. Our 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 big hero that we depended on is gone. Now what? So I don't know, like just in the picture, like already tell the picture and the title already tells the story. So it's like, you know, I'm interested. Yeah. And it's always fun whenever you get something that's totally away from, you know, what you're used to seeing, right? The legendary hero. Oh my God. Instead of being OP, he's already dead. So it's kind of like, how's everybody else kind of figure it out? That does sound like a lot of fun. Um, I hadn't heard about it until just recently. That is what Rico brought it to my attention. So looking forward to that one. And then a couple of more, it's just, it's just two more that are supposed to come out in the spring also. One of them, I, well, it's, it looked interesting, but I'm not going to knock until I see it. The manga um, came out in 1989 to 1996 called Um Well, it was called Striker. The original manga was called Striker, but it was changed to Spriggan. They released the movie in 1998. That one, looks, that one looks pretty interesting. Again, I'm not going to knock it until I at least try it. And then the other one, and just because with Studio, I'm a big sucker for those. It's original work coming on Netflix. It looks pretty. Like the, the title looks pretty. It's called Vampire in the Garden. Uh, poster looks pretty. And Wit always going to bring their A game when it comes to those things. So I am going to also check that one out just by its looks. Um, but other than that, is there anything else, that Rico, as far as anything upcoming? Uh, the upcoming? Upcoming? I don't think so. I know there's still, uh, in terms of what I hear from you, uh chainsaw man i know you've been talking a lot about chainsaw man and it seems like now i'm hearing it you've been you've been talking about that one for a while and i'm seeing it a lot more and more now uh cosplayers uh art different things like that i don't know if there's any update on that or if we're kind of just still waiting is there is there a date we have I a date say, i want to say but i may be um i may be kind of stretching i don't know if it was a rumor if i actually saw a date but I, I believe I saw 2022. Um, I don't know if it was fall. I want to say it was fall. I may be wrong. Again, this is just this is something that I, if I remember seeing the rumor, uh, fall 2022. But yeah, I, I read Chainsaw Man a while back. It's been a long while back already. I, I started following the manga when it hadn't even finished, and it's not a long manga to begin with. But I was captivated. I, you know, it was. I think it was very few chapters in. I started reading, and I said I was blown away. Um, by Chainsaw Man. I, I've been to Enrico do Chainsaw Man, Chainsaw Man. Oh, we'll see, we'll see. And it's now now that they showed, you know, they announced the anime adaptation, they started showing the trailers, the hype for it is real. And I really, really hope Chainsaw Man takes the world by storm. I really, really do. Because um, it is great. On <laughs> on great Google, one. on Google, what I'm seeing is uh, the only thing we know is that it's going to be sometime in 2022. Okay. So, so it will be this year. Okay, well, that's uh, good. At least we're and this. I also see... Another article about the author has confirmed that the second arc of the manga series will arrive on Shonen Jump Plus and will be out by early summer of 2022. So it looks like this year, not only anime, but also another manga. Arc. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a, because he did say actually at, at the ending of Chainsaw that we are getting something else, that we're going to get something else. Uh, because stuff taps, not going to refer to anybody or anything, but there's some stuff that goes on. Super pumped. Um, so I can't wait for the hype. 
because that one I'll be, I will be watching week to week. You can count on it. Uh, <laughs> from my end, the only other thing I can think of, I don't know if you had it listed for somewhere else, but you did mention that you just saw one that you enjoyed called 86, I think. Oh, I loved 86. Yes, I did. Oh, man, 86 was tugging on my heartstrings. That was a yeah, that, that, that's that's what stuck out to me. Like you kept saying, like, dude, I'm watching this. I'm watching this show. Like you, you, you took time to text me, like, bro, I'm watching this show. It's called '86, and my heart, bro, like my heart. And I'm just like, okay, like there's there's shit that you watch, anime specifically that you watch that have big moments or that that make you excited, pumped for action animation scenes but when something gets your heart like i'll be damned like <laughs> it's happened twice already it's happened twice in the same in the same in the same uh same year you know the same re- recent couple of months uh the other one it happened with ranking of kings man ranking of kings and i told, I told Rico, so you don't, if you don't like episode two you don't have to watch it all oh, ranking of kings man had me like just tearing up and bawling 86 there was one scene for some reason just i know i was eating something in the moment and my heart i felt it no clench, you know, uh, those were good. And the reason I had to mention them was because they originally released in 2021. Um, not necessarily because the winter is technically considered January, February, you know, that, that around there. So that, that those were considered fall 2021 if you kind of want to give them a season. Uh, so those were a little behind. And I, again, I didn't mention them just because like want to be a little more recent. Um, I don't mind doing an episode later on where we kind of touch base on stuff from 20, 2021 and before, you know, we can always go back to 1990. That's, that'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, we could we could do that for sure. I I just remembered that you made it a point to talk to me and mention that name, that eighty six, and it's it stuck with me. And I just said, you know what? Like we're talking about all this new stuff. Like how about what what you're watching? That's why I said I don't know if you were gonna bring that up later. Well, I do you, have something I, you I, just I watched or. I do have a segment. Is what did we just watch and what are we currently watching? So I I will get to in a bit and um currently watching some stuff and uh, eighty six. You know, the fact that I didn't, I didn't bring it up and I would have brought it up later because I would remember because everything's just kind of coming from the top of my head. But um, yeah, 80, 86, man. And that was that was that was a, a journey that was awesome. And I can't uh, I'm waiting for the next season. I hope they announce it. That one hasn't been announced just yet. You know, and there are some that kind of tug at you. And that one was definitely one. So it was Raking of Kings with Studio Man. Raking of Kings was amazing. Prince Boji. But um, I can go on about that just like I talk about Pokemon. <laughs> but just to kind of just to kind of see what's oh, what else is coming up here um some of the stuff that i recognize and this one i saw um Otawe Rumono was one that i saw a long time ago getting an, uh, another season uh made in the abyss i loved that one that one was a great one uh rent a girlfriend never saw it but i know it is it is pretty popular uh is, is it wrong to try and pick up girls in a dungeon the fourth season i actually i'm actually on season three right now because i did binge watch season one and two devil's a part-time part two obviously overlord four um if that one ever if the, when that one comes out i'm sure i will talk about that one just because it is popular but i have some opinions about that one um shadow house second season shadow house is awesome um second season just coming out uh, I can never say that correctly. It's the one on Netflix, a gambling one on Netflix, getting its second season. Um, Call of the Night, Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer coming this summer. Well, these are the ones that are, are, are coming this summer. Uh, Classroom of the Elite, second season. Can't wait for that one. Um, and those are kind of the ones that I was keeping my eye on 
whether because I've seen them or whether because I've heard about them or they're kind of popular. So those are the ones I'm kind of more or less, you know, keeping my eye on, you know, um, until the summer comes out. Uh, just to kind of go ahead. I was going to say, I just saw something on Reddit that might interest you. I don't know if you've heard anything about this. But. Yeah, I did see that. And I was going to get into that from the ones I just watched. Um, and Rico mentioned it a while back on an episode where I started getting real giddy about it. Uh, but the Odd Taxi, and he has the link he posted, the Odd Taxi anime film earns 130 million yen over in Japanese. And um, Rico said he finished it. We can have a conversation about that in a few. Odd Taxi was one that I finished. I think it was. I, think it was I haven't. I haven't finished it. I have not. Oh, finished. you haven't. You have not. Actually, 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 believe it or not, my intention was to finish it today. I was going to try and finish it today, but thing like because I knew that today we were going to specifically talk about anime, so that I could we could have that to talk about. But I haven't finished it yet. But I'm I'm on it, and it's good. I I got something for you in a bit. Um. Boy, odd taxi, and I'm gonna shout out to one of to one of our good buddies, Andrew. Every time he's always asking for recommendations, and he's besides Rico, is another one of the one dudes. Or hey, recommendation, I'll give him a couple of names. I'm on it. He will finish them in a day or two. He and he never fails. It's amazing. It was good. Oh, this is awesome. And he, he's never giving me a bad review. There is one, but I don't know if he's doing that because he's genuine about it or if he's just hating on me, which was, and I understand, right? The second second season of uh, Steins Gate, because Steins Gate's personally one of my all-time favorites. And Steins Gate Zero, he said, was kind of convoluted and all what. Uh, I was like, you're just a hater, right? Because, you know, he does know that Steins is my first one, but one, one of my favorites. So um, shout out to Andrew. Always watching everything I, I recommended him. He did watch Odd Taxi. He goes, dude, this is really good. I said, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah the anime film um when it's making it, when it makes its way here i will be watching that because it's supposed to be a retelling but the ending's supposed to be a little it's supposed to give you more about the ending so i hope i hope you finish it soon i will like i said my my intention was to to binge it all day today i just had stuff come up and uh another thing another one of those things that came up we'll touch on a little bit later but uh all right. Well, just to kind of uh, at least at least wrap up this part, we're kind of what we're watching. I do. There's art. Is one more thing about the anime part? I at least want to get to. Um, well, I mean, obviously, before we talk about what we're watching and stuff. Uh, as far as the rankings are concerned, I do go to AnimeCorner.me. They do uh, rankings and weekly rankings, so it's always a lot of fun to kind of see, you know, where where the popularity is at. Spy Family number one is probably going to be number one the entire time, followed by number two, Kaguya-sama: Love Is War. Data Live. Four, season four is number three. Love After World Domination, four. Your boy Kong Ming actually dropped the rank. It dropped 0.58%, I guess, from the its popularity. Um, but not really sure why. I guess, you know, whether people kind of, uh, it's a hit or miss or for some. Uh, six, the, ex the Executioner and Her Way of Life dropped one. Summertime Rendering. I'm glad to see that people are showing it some love because that one, I, I, I figured it was going to be, you know, pretty good on that one. And it went up. They went up a good few spots from rank 16 to rank 9. Um, Shikamori is not just a cutie. Same rank at 8. Komi can't communicate. Went up from 14 to 5. That one's going to go higher because I know people love Komi. And then I'm actually like on... I'm almost done with season 1. So I will be watching season 2 right after because that one she does. She has a social uh, anxiety disorder where she cannot speak to people. So again, always different. This one is surprising. And again, The Rising of Shield Hero Season 2 at number 10 actually dropped about four rankings and it had a pretty 
pretty big drop, about two, almost 2% drop from the popularity. So um, I wonder if what I'm hearing about that, um, and again, I don't know if it's just manga readers or anime viewers are actually um, kind of upset, but you know, I got to watch for myself before I kind of go, um, go off and give my own opinion on that. Yeah, I think from my perspective, uh, just because I've seen two, two, three episodes, um, it feels like very much a pivot from how we ended season one. So maybe because, because like I explained before, we, we, we end season one with the idea that we're going to encounter and have to battle these other heroes. Yeah. And then now we're going into a different story. We're starting a whole new story. So we're having to learn more about this big bad threat. Rather than continuing right where we left off and okay, now we're battling these other heroes. Rather, that's put on hold and we're making this introduction to something completely new. Uh anytime you do that, I feel like in storytelling shows books anything uh with stories uh i feel like it can slow down pacing uh and sometimes that that hurts you and that people start to lose interest like if you got a good thing going why would you change it yeah uh, i mean but i th- i'm pretty sure somebody had said that it is following the source material that you know it is it is kind of going about you know why those things are happening right I mean, that's what I heard. I don't know if you heard it. Oh, I, I haven't heard anything about that. I, I, uh, I don't know too much about the, the manga. I know, like you mentioned, sometimes there's a little bit of a, of a difference from sort from the, from the manga to the what's animated and people have their opinions, uh, good or bad. Sometimes it veers off a little too much. I just feel like, uh, where we ended and where we're starting, you know, it's like you're you're starting to tell a different story. Yeah. You're starting to tell a little bit of a different story. And I feel like some people might have come in thinking like, okay, like, who are these new heroes? Like, let's fight them or let's do the waves or whatever. And then kind of pivoting from that from a story perspective. Uh, because it's more of the same. It's uh, now Fumi, Reptalia, and Philo, you know, just the gang, right? But now instead of something that was mysterious and new we're doing mysterious and new again yeah. oh okay. that makes starting sense. from square starting from square run one again which makes sense in a manga or in a in an anime in a show right with when you're anytime you're doing with a new season but when you left off with something and then you start with something else again mm-hmm. i don't know that that that's just uh my thinking on something that could affect uh popularity there well, I, I like I, said, I haven't I haven't been able to formulate my own opinion. So, but thank you for that insight. Again, um, now I'm kind of inter- now I'm kind of curious. I might just go and watch the first couple just to kind of see, you know, what the fuss is about. I did want to touch a little bit of basis just on manga. Uh, I'm not. I read manga. I uh, read manhwa a lot too. Um, manhwa, if you don't know, is uh, Korean. It's they're Korean novels. Korean. Uh, manga type novels they are they are called man, manwas because they are translated from korea instead of japanese so i you know just a, a shout out to those there's a couple of good ones um one of the things on manga i did want to touch base on is that um 
the, there was a new one shot that just came out um, by the mangaka of Chainsaw Man, uh, Fujimoto. It is called uh, Airy. What's it called? Goodbye Airy. That's what it was. That's what it it's called Goodbye Airy, and it's about it's 200 pages. It's you know 200 pages, but you'll get through it in maybe 30 minutes, eh, last 20 minutes or so, and it was phenomenal <laughs> just to kind of give my thoughts i don't want to ruin everything uh anything or everything but it is a short read uh, it was phenomenal and the only thing i had actually kind of read from fujimoto was chainsaw man kind of dabble in his stuff didn't really meet, uh, watch much or i'm sorry read much but this guy has a writing ability of his own he has a storytelling ability of his own he's not scared to kind of swerve and do things for the reader and i thought it was just really really great storytelling uh, again i am an english teacher so i'm always kind of scrutinizing these uh stories and trying to find you know the symbols the imagery um the different literary elements and the, the different lit uh, literary devices that these authors kind of use and transcribe through, through their panels and through their writing so there was a lot going on and i thought it was brilliant um so just a shout out to um goodbye airy the short by uh fujimoto the, the author of chainsaw man uh one of the things, and it was a pretty cool article that I had found just now, um, top 10 manga fans want to see animated. Um, and some of these I've read, some of these I have not read, some of these I've heard of. Oh, actually, there are some that I've read, uh, whether briefly or whether I finished. There's only one of this list that I finished. And I'm familiar with some of them, not all. But I'm going to go through this list fairly quickly. Uh, maybe Rico's heard of a couple of these. The first one that I know is pretty pretty popular and this is one that i've actually started reading. at least the first five to ten chapters is kaiju number eight i don't know if you i don't know if you've heard of that one no that one no no that, that one kaiju number eight is actually supposed to um before they were animated spy family and kaiju number eight were the ones that people were just demanding for um so we'll keep looking on that one the other one is called windbreaker that one's a relatively new one that one's also supposed to be really really popular it fights its way to the top um and you know he's a school degenerate so usually when the school slice of life strongest you know op kind of character is always a lot of fun to watch so windbreaker uh next one i'm assuming it's gonna be a rom-com 100 girlfriends who really 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 love you that's what the manga is called don't know about that one okay how many reallys was that again uh one really 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 five five really five five reallys and i i read the synopsis the synopsis to this um, each one of his hundred dates is Aiju's destined soulmate. So I'm not sure exactly how, you know, that's supposed to work out. I know it's a romantic comedy. I know it's supposed to be super funny. That was one of the things, um, I guess one of the appeals of this particular manga, but yeah, five reallys. So we'll really, 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 really look forward to that one. Oh, I don't know about <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, another one. So, huh? so again, so again, these are, these are mangas. These thus far, are th th thus far with no intention that we know of that there are like with no anime, no anime yeah. intentions right now yeah. that people hope would get that. Exactly. That's exactly what these are. So it's always kind of fun to see what might come out. We know what might show up. Kaiju number eight, that one's just a matter of time. And there's another one on this list that, that another one on this list that I know is also just a matter of time. Uh, but before I get to that one, kind of going down again, Cherry Magic, 30 Years of Virginity Can Make You a Wizard. What do you, mean, what do you think about that title? <laughs> I mean, it sounds interesting. I, 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 apparently it's finished, but I don't know anything about it. <laughs> For, I don't know. Uh, okay. 
I, I was a little flabbergasted the first time. Give me the title again. Cherry Magic, 30 Years of Virginity Can Make You a Wizard. Shit, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, see. Oh, we'll see. Sounds huh? like it could be fun. Yeah, and again, these are these are by fans. Funny. Yeah. These are people who fans want to see. And again, I don't know how I don't know where they got their, their info from, but it's always a trip. This one I did finish. I did read from the from from one. I actually caught up around chapter 90 or so. So this one I actually did read it. This was a manhwa. Uh solo leveling. That's the one I told Rico about. I did tell Rico about that one a while back. It did finish. I did have a problem with the ending, unfortunately, but that's just me. Um and it, it was it was intense. It had its awesome fight scenes. And I think that's that was one of the appeals on this one, that the fight scenes were supposed to be stellar. And this one was actually number one on the manga mono list for a very, very long time. As a matter of fact, it might still be number one, if I'm not mistaken. That how you know how when you have Demon Slayer, Attack on Titan, all those out there, I'm not sure. But that one is one that people do want to see animated. That one I know for a fact. Um, it's just a matter of time also. Uh, this one is called the next one, Oshi no Ko. Oshi no Ko. Um, it looks interesting. Um, the 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 picture. Um, not sure what it's about. Uh, we'll keep our eyes on that one. Next one is Maguchan, God of Destruction. That one also another one that looks interesting. Uh, Nido to Tasuka no Nichijo. I'm not sure what that one is. That one looks like a BL. Yeah, a couple Supreme Childhood Friend BL type. Uh, suddenly became a princess one day. There's another one, and I think this one would be the last one on this list. And again, these last couple I've not heard of, heard of uh, Senpai wa Orokonoko. So I haven't heard of any of those, so we'll see how they are um, when, you know, if they ever decide to adapt them. Uh, so that kind of wraps up the whole manga. I just kind of want to touch base on mangas uh, just a bit. Um, so I did want to move on to another question. This one directed towards Rico. Uh, what anime are you watching right now? Uh, the only one that I'm watching right now would be uh, Shield Hero. And like I said, I've fallen behind this week uh, or uh, these past two weeks. I haven't I haven't watched, but uh, week to week, that's the only one I'm watching. I kind of go through this thing where I'm 100% like watching shows. And it's uh, this is not just anime. This is even like other show like live action shows ill i know marcus right uh live action shows in general like i i will be binging and watching and glued to the tv and then i go through times where like i'm i'm just not receptive or i don't feel like i'm giving it that 100% because when i watch something i like to i like to think that i try to catch everything that first time and pay attention and like look at these little intricate things and whenever i feel like i can't give a show that like i'm a little too distracted i i just am like okay i'm not watching anything right now uh lately that's how i've i've been like in that little mode of like i'm i'm so uh i'm doing so many things all at once and then uh something we'll touch on later uh uh beta for a game that you and i both love came out this week so that's been just Everything's been about that this week. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of took over. And I always find I'll always find time to watch something, an anime, whether it's right before. But I gotta watch an episode of something at least today, um, because but that's, because that's just my routine. Like, and I enjoy it that much. Uh, that's well then, uh, that, that that's a pretty good like little 
thing I might need to try. Just end my day with with an episode of something. It's usually either right before bed or I even watch on my phone in bed or an iPad just just because you know I, I I do I do enjoy it that much and that's just me because you know I've I've been you know watching anime way be, you know it was one of my first things growing up especially in my childhood and stuff and it's always stuck so I do make it a point um, and I have yet to ever get tired of it and I don't think ever will just like ever will just like video games um, well then I, I do I do have two more questions just kind of wrap up the whole anime uh, segment that we got going on here. And then we'll kind of jump into the next one. I know Rick was itching. Um, well, in that case, since uh, you're only watching one thing, what have you finished recently? What was the last thing you finished as far as anime is concerned? What was the last thing I finished? Might be already a while back. It, it would probably have to be uh, Attack on Titan. Okay. Yeah. Attack on Titan this recent season. And like you mentioned earlier, we're we both read that anime, so I uh I, I we, we 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 know what happens, right? But yeah. you know, reading and watching sometimes can feel different, come across different. Mm-hmm. So that I wanted sense. to watch it. I wanted to watch it uh just to see what I got out of it that I didn't get out of it reading. Yeah. Uh and for some reason, I, I I feel like the experience was a little bit better watching it thus far. Uh, for sure, I would think the the music, obviously, the animation would play a big part um, in it. That's why I know a lot of times I have to stop myself from reading something, and people say, "Oh, manga readers," and then it has its advantages, man. But when you're dealing with you know the animation and the music, especially the music to Attack on Titan, which is just stellar. Oh man, you know, for sure. Um, yeah, Attack, it, it, Attack on Titan. The only other things I think that two I actually forgot to mention, I think, was uh, Boruto. I also do watch Boruto, but yeah. uh, I, I again, I've been taking a break from that. So I'm probably about six or seven weeks behind, which when saying it like that sounds like a lot, but you can finish that like in less than a day, like half a day. I could catch up. So uh, that one and then... The other one was uh, Iruma, Iruma season two. Iruma, I thought you finished that one. I did finish that one, but okay. it's been it, it, it's been that long that I haven't. Oh, uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. It's been a while. Oh, I'm, no, ju- I'm just thinking. Of, I'm just thinking of the recent things that I've that I've hey, watched. A special shout out to Iruma, man, because oh my god, <laughs> like it is awesome and it's funny. And you want to talk about a refreshing change of pace? Like the, and it's so colorful and bright that you know it's just, that's an amazing one. So special shout out to your room. I'm glad you mentioned it, man. The Demon School. Yeah, that uh, one. That that one came out of nowhere. Like I just was like, I want to watch something different, and I saw this, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna check this out. Yeah, just no, loved man. it. The fun, the fun quirkiness of it. <laughs> no, yeah, it's 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 a good one. I was cracking up. I would, t- I would text Rico, and we'd be dying. Over some of the scenes uh, in Iruma, um, not going to mention anything or spoil anything, just in case. Um, but I do want to—I do want to just kind of touch touch back. We we're kind of talking about Attack on Titan just now. Uh, funny thing about Attack on Titan is we can always talk about it, regardless of how long it's been since we've seen it or read it, and we always have an opinion. And it's just—it always presents itself. I just kind of want to throw it out there. Want to throw it out there? It always presents itself for a topic of discussion. So, what if the author was going for something like that? Kudos, man, because I'm still talking about it, and it's been a long, you know, while since it came out. 
his name. Oh my god. Rigo posted a picture of one of the characters. Um the Lumi Lumiere? Lumine yeah. Lumiere <laughs> Yeah, that's the way he does it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you gotta watch it. It's it's awesome. It's it's hilarious. One of the funny ones that I've seen. So you do gotta give it a watch. Um all right, and the last question. I didn't want to talk about something real brief right now. <laughs> oh, that's that's epic. He's showing is he put up a gift right now and He's one of a kind, like this this character. Gotta give it a watch. Um, last question, the anime segment right before we switch over. Um, and I think Rico can enjoy it. I just want to talk about it briefly. We can always, again, whenever we want to go back and do a segment where we talk about those older anime, you know, that people might have missed out on. This is one of the ones. And I know, and this is another one where they just nailed it so good. And it was just so captivating. And it was 70-some episodes. And it was only available on YouTube where we can watch it because they never re released on Blu-ray or anywhere. Um, Rico knows what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, so I'm excited that you're about to say it. Yeah, if you have not seen this anime, again, it's only available um, on YouTube if you want to watch it. It is called Monster. It's a 1994 manga by Urasawa. Just and not because and not just in anime in general, but just that just the story. It is that captivating. It just blows your mind. The psychological thriller and these and these, you know, philosophical ideas that just stream through it. And we, and we, me and Rico agree that you know when it comes to villains, and our Rico loves this guy. I'll, I'll I'll let you take it away, Rico. I'll let you take it away when it comes to this man right here, Johan Liebert. So, the way the way I came across this anime, I'll just say was i one day i said you know what i'm a sucker for villains and i want to know who people think are the greatest villains in anime history or at least that people have seen so this name kept coming up in a lot of these lists and was um, was almost always top three if not number one it was just johan lieber johan lieber johan lieber and i was like dude who is this guy like and what what is this like? Who is he? Because you see a picture of him, and you think like, how is this guy like the most evil sob in all of anime? Uh, some of the other ones you would see were like Madara Uchiha from the Naruto series. You would see uh, Dio from from JoJo. Uh, Berserk. Yeah. Uh, yeah, some other and some other villains that like I really didn't know nothing, don't know anything about. But this guy just kind of caught my eye for some reason, and because of that, that's why I started watching Monster. And you know, talk talk about like a different, a very different spin on on a villain. You know, you you think of like an anime villain, you think you know this guy's killing people. This guy is some kind of uh, uh, badass when it comes to combat uh and stuff like that but this guy is just like marcus touched on just a psychological demon for lack of a better term he just is able to, he's just a manipulator he uses people and i don't think you ever see this guy kill anybody like you never see him do it 
somehow he's able to get in people's heads and, and just make them do what he wants. It, it, it's, it's just wild. I, I've never seen anything else like it. Not in an anime form. I feel like uh, it gives, he, he gives you like, uh, what's the name of that famous killer? Like uh, Charles Manson? Yeah. He gives you vibes like that. Something where you never see a guy outright do anything himself. But his followers like committed atrocities. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm gonna add. I'm gonna add on. Add on to Johan you know, to this to this villain. Some of the main core themes. Um, what it means to be human. You know, and 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 this is actually in the first few episodes that you see this. If you're a doctor and you're presented with the uh, choice of saving saving the mayor of the city or saving a young eight-year-old boy, 10-year-old boy, however old he was, and he's going to die and you have to choose one, who would you choose? Usually it's a no-brainer. You, you save the kid, right? The old guy has lived their, lived their life. But what if that the kid you saved ends up being one of the most notorious killers, villains, you know, to ever, you know, walk the earth? You know, how would that make you feel? And our main character here, you know, goes through that. Um, are people good do they become good do they become evil are they born evil you know what drives what drives their actions you know what are these consequences that 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 need to be faced you know when these when these feelings and emotions fester over time and you can kind of see you know when johan liebert kind of just talks and oh my god i know people people don't like dub right it's you you have those elitists out there and stuff like that but this man's dub voice is one of the most eerie creepy and real smooth it's scary you know it's it's awesome and and um if if you have not seen monster and this is i guess would be more towards the new generation of anime watchers man you know go back give this one a shot i know growing up this anime was not as prevalent as it is now and it did this this anime um I think came out in what 2004, 2005. So I was about 14 or 14 or 15. So, so it was around there. You know, it, there was some good stuff out there, uh, but nothing like you do now, especially right now, since you have a lot of new anime watchers. Um, if you want to see one of the just psychological thrillers, one of these most amazing um, anime, you, you gotta watch Monster. And again, I can go on. Um, another character that kind of brings himself to life and you don't really kind of see him until later. His name is Wolfgang Grimmer. That's all I'm going to say. He's called the Magnificent Steiner. Oh man. And then you have inspector, um, Lunge. Oh, the characters. Oh my, oh, it, you know, it does such a good job of getting you to fall in love with these characters. And the ending just really, really pays off, man. Like that was genius storytelling, genius writing. And you know, monster man if you have not seen it i didn't want to kind of mention it just because i know me and rico had some something fun. something that just uh that just sticks with me I, i'm a sucker for characters you know when it comes to anime shows uh anything i read um I, if you can get me to invest my my feelings and make me want to see somebody succeed like you've got me you, to me even more than endings, even more than, uh, I guess endings would be the big one. Even more than endings, if you get, if you have, if you give me a character that I can latch onto, whether I hate him, I want him to succeed, whatever. It's just like I, you got me. Something about this one was that blew my mind. Is it was such a gripping story that there is a character that I think you only see. 
for maybe three episodes. And I won't say names or anything like that, but you see him for three episodes. And along in those three episodes, you're so invested in him. You know who I'm talking about, Marcus? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. In, th- in three episodes, they've got you. Like, you like this guy. He's cool. Like, badass, like hey, this is everything Dr. Tenma wishes he was. <laughs> Real crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And again, I'm not going to mention any names. You know, you've you got to watch it. And I do want to actually sp- spend more time on, again, when we ever talk about anime again, um, go go through some of the animes that we've seen together. Cause I know usually I'm usually Rico and I will kind of watch them together and kind of give our opinions, but monster, I still talk about it. It, it. it sticks out. It's, you know, I remember telling Rico like, Oh my God. And we were just so hooked. And it was just, the ending was just amazing. Amazing. Um, so I do rec- highly recommend it. I would go, I would actually put monster up there in my top 10, just because of how, you know, captivating it was. And again, you, you was you you want to talk about must see TV. You want to talk. You need to see it. It's a must watch. And this is before your stuff like on Attack on Titan or Demon Slayer. And you know, you know, and and I would even call Attack on Titan right now must see TV. You know, not just anime in general. Uh, but Monster, man, underrated. There, there's something to it also that it's not anything. There's no powers. There's no. Uh, anything supernatural really that you see in it, right? Mm-hmm. There's just something to like the good old story of good and evil and like the fact that there is a monster even though it's not supernatural, there is a monster in the show. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. Like, I wonder if, I wonder if uh, because of it not being supernatural, if Something like this could ever become like live action. I don't know, uh, especially the way anime kind of is, is headed, the direction is kind of heading into. You see a lot of those stage plays over in in, in Japan and stuff with Fullmetal Alchemist, and uh, they even did a live action here in America for uh, Death Note and stuff like that. Um, that's very plausible, and strangely enough, this would probably be one that I feel you would really be able to nail. Obviously, you have to get the the perfect Johan Lieber. You know what I mean? I would think. Yeah, se- several of those characters. You know, you would want a really, really prominent at least Johan and Tenma, but then yeah. some of the other characters like uh, Grimmer, Grimmer, oh, yeah. Eva, Lungay. Oh yeah, you're right. Uh, you know what? Roberto. Do we have Ro- Roberto? Do we Roberto? have any actors in the world, man? I don't know, dude. <laughs> you see, you me. see, you see. It doesn't even have to. It doesn't even have to be a good actor. Like, not not that. It doesn't have to be a good actor, but it just has no, to be no a good actor. performance. It just has to be somebody that 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 nails the role. And I guess I guess I guess that's why a lot of times, you know, I, I know there is like this uh this uh I I don't know what the what the word would be, but a lot of the mangas that are made to live action or or anime that are made to live action like don't do well sometimes people just don't like them they're rushed they're forced people say it's just a money they grab a, they have a negative stigma already to them so there you go the sti- that, that stigma so but i feel like this one could be could be nailed because it's the mold it, it's just it, it's something that we see like in in movies and stuff like that with detectives you know chasing this bad guy all across the world 
Uh, it would just it would just uh have to be like a big investment from these uh whoever plays like some of these characters like to those characters yeah and really really capturing the essence of them yeah because it does have 74 episodes so i would think it'd be a it'd be solid and it it would be a solid you know few year investment and maybe you know what that's not i never thought about it so and I that. and I think it would be a popular one too because it's one of those things that makes you makes you reflect on on philosophies and like you said like you said earlier like as a doctor do you save the mayor the leader of your town or a kid mm-hmm. like and some people would say well you save the mayor like that guy does a lot for your city is he a good mayor you're gonna be pressured to do this or that but for political reasons or whatever or yeah. you know you like you mentioned do you do the right thing and you save the kid like is everybody equal uh so just those philosophical questions uh that you would get coming off of a show like this yeah i think would be would would cap would like capture the world by storm so, uh i think along the lines of something like uh what was this latest show the uh the one where all the contestants compete to win the money? Squid Games. Oh, Squid Games, yeah. I think it would have like a similar a sim like a similar captivating of of viewers, something like Squid Games would. Yeah. Oh no, I agree. I agree. It it um, could even it could even be a a, a Korean made show with dub, like with, with that's that's subbed. That's true. The the Korean dramas right now, man, have skyrocketed on Netflix, and there's been some good ones. Yeah, that's Squid Game. There was uh, what's the other one? The Hellbound. Hellbound, and then uh, this latest zombie one too. I don't know if you ever finished it. The, I have. I have not. Um, all the, of us are dead. Yeah, all of us are dead. That one was really good too. I have not. I but you know I, I'll probably I'll get to eventually those Korean ones because they they've nailed them, man. They've nailed them really good. It's, it's been it's been a trip. And again, they're not very long investments, so you'd be easy, kind of easy to get through them. And strangely enough, and I'm going to ask you right now, there's, there's actually another, uh, before you move on, because we're talking about Monster. And it's not that it's associated with Monster, but this particular one came out in 2002. I have not seen it, uh, but it, it's supposed to be one of those philosophical type um, manga. There, it's a 26 episode anime. I have not seen it. I've only heard of it. I've heard of it several times. It's called Rainbow. Have you ever heard of it? No. It's called Rainbow. It's a prison drama. Um, it's set in the 1950s. Uh, six six delinquents, I right? I guess six juveniles. Um, follows their time in their schools in the years, um, and kind of highlights their struggle through, I guess, a, I guess you know, in, in Japan in a post-war uh, Japanese society. Um, but it is a prison drama. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be amazing. And I'm talking like, uh, I would say as far as the, what I guess I what would you call it the. Honestly, how would you like you would encompass the feeling, the emotion that a, that an anime gives you? Um, like you know how Monster gives us that emotion. This one's actually supposed to do the same thing for a lot of people. And apparently, it was it was real popular, and it's supposed to be it's a, it's rated very very well. Um, but it's called Rainbow, so um, maybe we can probably watch that together and see what's up with that one. Um, it seems I'm to be yeah, it looks intense. Um, and I also hear that's supposed to be real thought provoking. So. Uh, where, where would one watch this you see i don't know i don't know if it's an online thing i don't know if it's on youtube because i don't know like it, i don't think it's on well it might be on crunch actually i haven't checked 
Um, but I've heard of it. I just wouldn't know where to watch it. All right, I'll work on. I'll work on that. Yeah. So if you find it, let me know. But yeah, something we can watch together, right? So that's a lot of fun. We can do that together and kind of, you know, see what's up from there. Um, but other than that, I think that kind of pretty much wraps up our anime segment just to kind of uh, um, say a few things. And again, I, I would like to go and have another anime segment later on down the road, whether it's uh, a few weeks, maybe once a month, maybe once every two months, just to kind of explain and kind of go over some of the stuff that's popping. E- even if it's just during like the the new anime seasons and stuff like that. And if there's, ob- and you know, obviously we'll talk a little bit about it here and there. Um, but as far as a good segment, uh, we'll see how often we do that. So. Um, Thank you for listening to the anime segment. Now, we are going to... Well, you have anything else to say about the anime stuff before we move on? Uh, the only other anime thing that that uh, that I wanted to throw in there was that... Uh, this actually happened a while back before we started this whole... Uh, you know, discussing all these things or whatever, but... Uh, myself, Marcus, and another friend of ours, Cornelio... Uh, one day, one day, uh, we're talking about like, oh, well, this opening and this app and this opening and whatever, and we ended up saying, okay, this is what we do. We all make a list and give us like we each make a, a list of your top five like anime openings. And today, uh, Marcus sent me a video. I sent him a video of a song I've been listening to, and Marcus sent me a video that was a play on a. Uh, like a little meme video on on uh, the Spider-Man, this uh this latest Spider-Man that came out, a good movie if you haven't seen it, and uh, it made me think like about these lists that we made, and I still have mine saved on YouTube. But I think I might I think I might need to check it out and redo it again, just because um I don't want to forget anything, and I want the perfect list. I'm, I might not be able to make the perfect list. What I might do is I might give myself you know a certain like t- like it was like a year span in the last, you know, from two thousand. I think I, st- I, I, I think I might still have yours. Oh, you do? Dang. I might. I mean, I might saved, but then there was some I, I put because I just finished watching some, or I there, there were in my head at the moment. But you know, I do want to go back and kind of really see, you know, some of the ones that I've liked and stuff like that. I know, I know the. It's, I don't have it there, but you know, there's also those more popular. You are my friend. Oh. You know, from now yeah. And this was again like a, a personal Yeah. Our, like 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 our favorite. Bangers for and, us. And and it was it was at the time like you know, since then maybe I've watched I don't think anything has changed for me personally, but I also don't watch the sheer amount of 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 uh, anime that Marcus does. So maybe since he watches a little bit more, maybe he his list has changed. Or stuff has gone gone up and down. Yes, because you know I, I do. I, 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 I do have a list for you. It's called top ten anime, and this was in January, on January eighteenth of this year. Okay, so it's, uh, it's January. I'll just say that the first one is Yuri on Ice opener. Oh, I do. Oh, I that one, dude. And Yuri on Ice is amazing. I'm going it, It's off, and they open. I saw that. You know. The way I did that list, that particular list was openings I did not skip. So yeah, if if I saw the opening on every episode, you know I was watching that. And, there, and I, do I have like 
with like Black Clover had a lot of bangers, you know, and I put um Black Rover on there also. I, I don't know if I did or not, but DC like I'm thinking that top, that one on top of my head and I still jam to that one. Yeah, so that that's we kind of had a hard time discussing cuz because there's so many out there that are so good and I think that's what we ended up talking about. Like what is a what were songs or o- openings that you don't skip? And I think for me it was Naruto opening number two, the Haru, Haruka Kanada. Hmm. Do you remember that one? From, I mean, if you play it, obviously, for some reason, it's not coming out of the top of my head, just because Naruto has so many in it, but I would think I'd remember. Oh, as soon as you hear it, you'll remember. Here, let me, let me link you the playlist just so you can see. Okay. They're your top but- five, right? Yeah, these are my top five. The Haruka Kanata, to me, like just that's Naruto. And because Naruto was kind of, we, we mentioned it before in, uh, when you uh, when we did our little profiles that yeah. uh, this was my first, that was my first anime that I got real into. Yeah. Uh, since being a kid, like as a, as a teenager, that's what, that was the first one I watched and thought it was amazing. And uh, my second one would be, uh, from the third season of Haikyuu. Yeah. And the name of the song is Hikari, Hikari Are. Yeah, I think that's opening number five. Then I think one that everybody generally like thinks is or loves and is very popular is the opening for Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Yeah. All of them, uh, all of them are fingers. All of them. The name, the name escapes me, but just that, that music. Amazing. Uh, then the last two you mentioned it already for me would have been Black Clover, uh, opening three. I think it's season three, also Black and the song. I think it's titled Black Rover. Yeah, Black Rover. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, a, that's just a banger, dude. And ah. then, uh, and then season one of uh, Tokyo Ghoul. The the name of the song is Unravel. Oh, yeah. One of the ah, best. Yeah. It, and it's not even good, like just by anime music standards. That is a damn good song. You, you, people who have not even seen the anime know that song. People who don't even watch anime probably know that song. It's, it's that one is super popular just in general. I think that one actually has like the most, one of the most opening views on YouTube or something, or it's a lot. I know it's a lot, man. That one's super popular. I would like to go back. And look at my list again before I give it to you. Maybe I'll, I'll, give it, uh, I'll say it again next time we uh, we do cover anime and stuff like that. Because I do want to go back. And I might give myself criteria just because there might kind of be a lot. And I don't want to. I want to get all of them out there that I really, really enjoy. And I might, you know what? Maybe it might not even be that much, you know, depending on um, how many I actually give you. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we can we can dive deep into, deeper into it maybe next time. It was a lot of fun, and I wouldn't mind doing, you know, a thirty minutes, a thirty minute small uh, segment or something like that, because we can go on, and maybe we can even invite Cornelio and see if he, you know, wants to kind of get in on that too, because we it took, we talked about that for a good two hours when we were talking, you know, texting about it. But yeah, is that is that a? I think that's we, anime for this week. All right, awesome. Well, I hope to talk about anime more later on. Um, again, and obviously we'll just sprinkle it here and there, but you know, good anime segment. So, um, oh, finally, <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, it's, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, you know, just like you, you can go off about Pokemon and stuff like that. Hey, I, I can, 
I can talk about this all day, you know, and, and there's anytime someone says, Oh, have you seen this? Have you seen this? I'm always like, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping, hoping I can talk about it. I mean, it's something I haven't seen. Um, and, and I know like more or less what's popular and I, so I'm, I, I'm more likely would hurt, would have heard of it, you know, and just yeah. kind of see whether I watch it or not. Um, but yeah, moving on, man, we're going to kind of go over here now and I'm going to kind of hand it over to Rico just because I'm going to let him take over the, the gaming part. Um, segment of our podcast today okay so i'm not even going to beat around the bush this week uh <laughs> blizzard dropped the beta if you don't know marcus and i are both big overwatch heads we love overwatch we love you know the the shooter aspect of it the teamwork aspect of it the uh just the sheer number of characters different play styles the lore the depth to the characters, uh, the animated shorts, you know, it's just a great game. This week, we got the Overwatch 2 beta. Uh, it was a while back that they announced that this was going to be happening. Um, I think day one was limited to Overwatch pros, content creators, and anybody that had... Uh, 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 that was going to be writing reviews, you know, journalists, different people like that. Then uh, the some lucky few uh, got an email and got that drop. Uh, a couple of a couple of people in our friends group uh, did try and did register uh, day that it was announced, and luckily one of us was able to get in that day one, uh, which happened to be Marcus, and. Um, I'm day a, two, day, great day pride two. In that. Great pride in that, dude. Straight up, like I was rubbing it in. <laughs> I was just rubbing it. In. Well, not Rico, right? But the other guys. I was just having a field day because it's like because how'd you get one? How'd you get one? I was like, I don't know. Maybe because I have the most hours, you know, cumulative in Overwatch, and I know Rico. You, uh, huh? You you know, and if it was gonna be anybody, like if, let's let's just be honest. If it was gonna be anybody, I think, I think maybe now. I might be the person that's reading and following Overwatch the most, but over the course of the whole life of the game, oh, Marcus Marcus has been the guy that has never stopped playing that game. And I think since it came out, and at that time I wasn't into the game because I was into another game by the name of Destiny that I'm sure we'll touch on some other day because I have an ungodly amount of hours in that game. So... Yeah. Uh, this has been more of, I wouldn't say recent, like this year, but in the last two years is when I kind of fell in love with this game. And Marcus has had that since day one and has kind of, it's a, an interest, a love and a fun for him that has never faltered. So if it was going to be anybody that I was going to be salty because they got a code and not me, I'm glad it was Marcus. Yeah, uh, hey, no, like I, I was... I was I was in shock, and that's why I tell everybody I was like, "Whoa!" Because hey, I'm a day one. I've been playing that game since day one. And, and strange enough, I've always I would play Overwatch with uh, another group of friends who kind of got off it a little while. But you know, even I was playing by myself. I was playing quick play by myself, comp by itself. You know, when it first came out with the original uh, work, so the characters like I was playing, and and, and again, it's one of those games where I get home after work play a few games and get off, play a few games and get off. It's, and it's not that I'm ranked that, I'm not even ranked that, or, you know, my level's that high. But, you know, I do, because I do enjoy the arcade. You know, I, I use everything that game has to offer. So when Rico came on board and says, hey, man, you want to play Overwatch? I was ecstatic. 
ecstatic because I hard I didn't have anybody to play with. So then all of a sudden, you know, Rico says, "Hey man, we're gonna play Overwatch," and I still remember. And, and there's always that, uh, you know, that progression, you know, where people kind of start with and kind of go right, whether it's still the Bastion or uh, Orisa, uh, whatever you're playing these. And we kind of took off, so we started playing comp, you know, pretty high, high, mid, high level platinum players, you know. But again, it's just me and Rico, and I always, I always make excuses like, "Oh, if we had a team, you know, we'd be ranked higher and all these things." <laughs> I'm always joking around, of course, because again, we do play casually, you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, no, I'm getting on this high horse. So go ahead, Rico. <laughs> yeah, and uh, what happens with me is I'm not a person that plays too, too many games. But I don't have this crazy library of games like like some other people. But uh, when I get into a game, like, boy, I get into it. So uh, I think I'm probably the person most in our friend group that watches a lot of YouTube and Twitch. When it comes to, to to gaming, uh, and outside of that first day, uh, and the people that got emails, uh, Blizzard decided to do a distribution of beta codes through Twitch streamers, uh, and it was very as a as a person that watches an, a lot of Twitch, one of my favorite things to watch is Overwatch because I'm able to take away a lot of of things from people that I like to watch about heroes. I like to watch because Overwatch is not just a game about pointing and clicking and having the best aim and always having the best mechanics. You know, if they're, if you're an aimer, there's heroes for you. If you're a person that has spatial awareness, is able to learn map points, choke points, and knows how to hold them, knows how to be a leader, make call outs, there's heroes for you. If you, prefer to kind of take a back seat and just follow and support people and enable other people, there's heroes for you. So just that you can be that person on the front line or flanking, making plays. Uh, if you're one of those people and I have a certain person in mind, I'm sure Marcus is going to, it knows exactly who I'm talking about that just has some dumb skill when it comes to mechanic any shooter he picks up like this guy is going to be good at it you want to you you will not hear me say it in public and you're not you're now. never going to hear marcus say that name but i'm going to say it right now no don't do it i'm going to say it right now the big booty daddy knows <laughs> omar how to click <laughs> omar contras he knows how to click heads okay I, I will give him that when it comes to pointing a gun and shooting but come on overwatch is so much more than that come on man <laughs> i'm going to give myself no. that one but 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 that's what I'm saying. If if it comes to you need somebody to point and click heads, that's our guy. Oh yeah. And and, uh, yeah. and sometimes that that's exactly who you who you want on your team. And there's a hero, there or there's several heroes in the game that are made for people that do exactly that. Then there's heroes for someone like me. I think that the mechanics are not my my strong suit, but rather. Problem solving, being able to switch, uh, call out. We'll say this about Rico. When it comes to stuff like that, usually uh, Rico kind of knows the ins and outs. And I've always said if there was a kind of an anime character or game character, Rico would probably be that strategist, you know, the one, you know, the one who kind of knows better. 
um, as far as, you know, has the map, has the underlying details, knows when, what to do, when to do it, uh, where to do it. So I, I do give Rico those chops, man, because he's usually, every time we play a game or a multiplayer game, he's usually the one who makes those call-outs and makes those, you know, those leader decisions, right, behind the behind us, right? You know what I mean? So I will give you that. Yeah, and I, I enjoy that. And I enjoy doing that with people I don't know, but there's something also to do it like with your friends, to be able to do it with your friends. And we have a little rivalry that we like amongst our friend group sometimes that we just can't stand each other and we're not going to do what each other wants and we're not going to listen to each other. And sometimes uh, when that happens and we're playing Overwatch, like it's miserable. But yeah, those yeah. those few times that we come together and we're we're working as a team, like there's nothing better. Like it's just this high that you get that you don't get many other places or in many other games. So going back to going back to the to the beta, uh, Marcus was able to get the beta day one. I was able to get the beta day two, and I think two of our other friends, Andrew and Mister Mister Clickheads Omar, was also able to get. Uh, Get the beta. Uh, I, Mark, I think Marcus was able to put in a good couple games day one. I've been able to put in a, a good couple games day two. We played all together yesterday, which was day two. And then we also played, uh, or I played earlier today by myself and then with Omar again. And uh, it's it's been great. I mean, uh, Give me your thoughts. Give me your impressions. Before, uh, we've talked about it, right? Like we've talked about, you know, some of the things that we liked, some of the things we didn't like, you know, getting straight into the beta. We kind of get into it. want to get into the meat of the, of the beta. So um, I think on a, the one of the big uh, criticisms uh, that, that you hear over the internet and even in our friend group sometimes to a, to a certain extent is same game, $60 for the same game. And there's that meme uh, of SpongeBob where Mr. Krabs opens another Krusty Krab and it's the exact same store, but he's charging you more money. So there was this initial thought like, oh, it's a money grab, whatever. But I think that what a lot of that was before people gave him a chance or even realized that the game was shifting to a game that was historically 6v6 yeah. uh, and ended up being... Along the way, Overwatch 1 evolved. I didn't get to see all those iterations, but you did. Yes. So eventually what they ended up settling on here at the end of Overwatch 2 is that there was uh, three different roles. Uh, one being tank, one being uh, damage dealers or DPS, and the other one being support or healers. And they decided that the optimum way for them to be able to balance this game and kind of control what you would call metas was going to be to lock in players to a 2-2-2 two, two, two roll lock, what they call roll lock, which means each team consists of two tanks, two DPS, and two healers. So that is where this game ends. But there was a seismic shift now in that there is now one less tank on the field, which a lot of people initially didn't like the idea of because that's one less person I'm going to synergize with. And something with change is that a lot of people resist it, get uncomfortable, uh, 
and just like initially like don't want nothing to do with it. And now having our hands on it and playing it, the the base of the game just seems so fundamentally different in that that one less tank, which are supposed to be pushing points, protecting protecting the rest of their team. Is this effect that it just speeds up the pacing of the game? So, is it a fundamentally different game? No, but the playstyle is different, and you know that's that's number one. And I think if this is just the base, like I'm excited for where this can go. I don't know in terms of pacing and that changing like what what do you see what did you think do you feel the same as far as pacing is concerned and i remember telling rico um because i did play a couple of a uh, few actually a few games in the first day and i told rico one of the things that was obviously very noticeable was uh, obviously the change in 5v5 um huge difference and as, as i was explaining you know i was kind of going over my thought process with rico explained to him what i saw how i felt and rico just started putting it into you know simpler terms and it, it makes a lot of sense right when you have one less tank obviously you're going to be able to do a lot more and do things you know that you weren't able to do in overwatch one because i'm playing this game and i'm playing as if i'm i'm playing this game as if i'm playing overwatch one i'm thinking there's another tank i'm thinking there's a sixth person i and i was telling him you know the fights are a lot quicker the fights are a lot faster we get into the action a lot more um you know, the thing, and things are over fairly quickly, you know, when I was telling him and I said, yeah, man, and I told him, I also feel like I'm just, you know, in the first game, I was soldier, kind of get a hang of things. And I was telling him, I, I kind of feel like I'm shooting a lot more things, like I'm getting kills, like I, I'm not struggling to to shoot people. And he's just like, yeah, well, you know, you have one less tank, it's going to change. I said, dude, that, that, you know, so as I was speaking my thoughts, you know, it makes it that much more, you know, true, you know, you know what I mean? True to the fact. Um, but yeah, but I did also notice when it came to the tanks, you know, and the dynamic of tanks. And I told Rico again, I also said, I was like, I felt like when, when as soon as the tank died, you know, it's huge momentum swing that, you know, you, if a, if a tank dies, you're probably maybe, maybe, you know, again, this is just for my first couple of games. And, and I don't look at the online stuff. Usually I just kind of see, you know, saying what I'm seeing, um, that the person, uh, if the tank dies, you're probably going to win the fight. Unless the DPS are just ungodly or something, or you know they they're just they do very well because the tanks are that good and they're that tanky. Um, but it, it was a lot of fun to see, especially Orissa, man. I'm sick and tired of seeing Orissa's in these games. But yes, <laughs> I have to agree with you wholeheartedly. I, but I do enjoy the five v five. I really really like it. I I do. It, it's a good change of pace and it makes a difference. So it seems like the philosophy of the change to. Uh the one tank is that they wanted to do exactly that and promote a faster paced gameplay. What, what they call a brawly. I think we've talked a little bit about overwatch already, maybe last week when, cause we've been excited for this to, to happen and it's finally here to promote that more brawly uh, play style where people jump on each other. And it's not just this who has more shield sit back and, uh, I think that I think they've they've nailed that. Being that that's what they were going for, they've nailed that. And uh, there is uh, there is some tanks that were reworked. One of them, uh, one of them was 
completely shifted its play style from exactly what they're trying to go away from a bunker. It was known as what was called a bunker hero, where you pretty much just put a shield and shoot from behind it. A couple seconds, put a shield, shoot behind from behind it. And it promoted this play style of like, I'm just going to hide behind my shield. And when I'm doing that and the other team's doing that, because, you know, you kind of don't have this. You have this play that promotes this play style where I'm just going to I'm going to hide behind him and they're going to hide behind him and we're just going to shoot and nothing really ever gets done. A, a little bit of a slower, yeah. slow, yeah. slow paced. And before when it was two tanks, you could cycle, you could cycle shields. Uh, and it, it, it not only was a little off putting in the tank role, but even from like a DPS perspective or a healing perspective, uh, you just felt like, especially as a DPS, I think, uh, that have been enabled a lot by this new playstyle, it it be it started to become this game of like, okay, we're just who can break each other's shields first, then you get a chance at maybe hitting one of the other DPS before they get their shields back, mm-hmm. and there was this dynamic of even even uh, even if one of your tanks were to die in Overwatch one, uh, Marcus and I both love to play tank. Uh, so we often duoed as uh, as tanks, which unfortunately we're gonna miss here. But you know, know. but uh, We'd say you know, if if, if Marcus if Marcus were to go down, I knew like okay, we lost one tank. I have to adapt my playstyle now to kind of like protect everybody, and I could call like okay, team, like let's move back a little bit, play a little bit more defensive. Uh, and let's try and hold down the fort until we have our, our other tank back, depending what tank I was playing, what tank he was playing, and what tank line they had on the other team. Or vice versa. If I was to die, Marcus could try and go in there, make a play, uh, call the team back, try and uh, protect people. You know, you could still lean on somebody to make a play and lock down the fort. Here, like Marcus talked about, with one tank, if that tank goes down, you're, you're in trouble. Yeah. And if the other t- if the other squad knows what they're doing, they're gonna pounce on you. And uh, being that there's just one of them, uh, tank that is, it 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 comes down to if all things are equal, it's gonna come down to who enables their tank more and who is smart enough to pick those characters that are gonna be able to play around their tank, whether it's a healer or DPS that is going to keep up with their tank and be able to either dive with those Doomfists or Winstons, Divas, or if you're going to be an Arissa, if you're going to have an Arissa on your squad, being able to, to pump those heals in her. Uh, so yeah, just the, the, the big thing is just the, the, the first big thing is just the pacing. And I guess we can go into the reworks. I don't know if you, I think we talked about the reworks a little bit because of, uh, I think last week is when the tweets came out about the reworks for Arissa and Doomfist, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So uh, we touched on that a little bit before, but uh, the rework for Arissa, again, drastic change. Uh, I'll let I'll let you I'll let you talk about that. Um, well, as far as Arissa is concerned, and uh, just like Rico said earlier, right, in Overwatch One, where she was kind of that bunker tank, right? You just put a shield and see, a, usually see a bastion or a torver. Obviously, anybody who can who can uh, shoot a gun or hit scan from behind, and you know that's just the way Parma was playing. 
in Overwatch 2, now she has a super cool javelin that you can throw. And then she has, a, what, besides the javelin, she spins it and she's able to do, uh, eat bullets, almost like a matrix, if you want to call it something. And, and I, I, always, I always said, Orissa in Overwatch 1 was, she was a safe pick. You can never go wrong with an Orissa. Safe pick, shield, hard to kill, um, you know, shoots a gun, you know, just very user-friendly, safe pick. In Overwatch 2, her re- rework just enables her just to kind of like, you know, eat damage, super hard to kill. She's almost impossible to kill unless you're, unless you're, you know, you're focusing her, you know, which again is hard because you have to deal with the other guys behind her. You can have a very, very hard time killing Arissa. And I said, she, she seems OP. Um, even, even if Arissa doesn't, you know, uh, deal damage or whatever, the fact that you take out this person just to even cap a checkpoint or move uh, the payload and stuff like that, it, it's really hard. So, you know, her, her moves allow her just to separate. They allow to to suck them in. You know, her fortify allowed to take damage at an ungodly rate. That's because she was one of the ones who can take damage like crazy. Now she's even tankier again. Obviously, just to compensate for the for the lack of the other tank. But when you have somebody like Orissa who just doesn't go down, and then her ult, uh, which is like it's terraforming. Is that what it's called, right? So it's a terraforming something. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Where she fortifies, spins her her javelin up in the air. She's able to suck you in, and then it's up to you, you know, strategically when you want to release your 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 power, right? Uh, early for minimum minimum damage, but to suck them in so that way your team can finish them off. Or do you want to wait till last minute, deal ultimate damage? Um, because they could run away after they're kind of sucked, not run away, but they will get away eventually when they're sucked in. So it's a matter of being strategic on how you want to utilize that ult. But ultimately, Orissa, she's tanker than ever. She can deal crazy damage. And I, I think that javelin throw, man, uh, which is your, your right um, on the mouse pad, I mean, that javelin throw, I think, was kind of underrated every time I used to because if that thing connect, and people are saying, oh, you know, you got to hit it, you got to hit it. Well, you know, it's you're going to hit it, especially in close range. You know, a lot of I. I was hitting that javelin a lot of times, and I saw the health meter just dip a little bit below half. That's almost three quarters. You know, if you hit that javelin, you get it fairly quick. You're gonna you're gonna do crazy. And then when you want to negate the damage to fortify and negate to pump up, Orissa was just crazy, crazy good. Um, I'm sure there'll be changes to her. I'm not sure what changes. Rico usually has pretty good indications as far as what changes might be for her. But that that's my opinion on on Orissa, anyways. Yeah, uh, the first uh, first day I played, uh, which was yesterday, I actually only I strictly played uh, heals and DPS. Today was actually the first time I played tank when I played a, a little bit earlier today with Omar. Uh, and I said, might as well start with the with the new warhorse. The, the warhorse, yeah. Uh, so. Uh, at first, I, being that I watched so much of her on Twitch streams and uh, content creators, just saying that how unkillable she is, I went in there, I think, a little bit too aggressive. And I started to take a lot of damage. But once I realized uh, my cycling of my abilities, uh, being the, the damage block, the fear spin, or the javelin spin, uh, and fortify i i i kind of got the concept of how she's played and some interesting things that i took away that one thing that i haven't heard too many people talk about is i noticed that uh 
one of the big changes, at least in my eyes, that makes a big deal and makes her unkillable is that now half of her health is actually armor. I think she has 500 total armor and half of it is, I mean, 500 total health and half of it is now not health, but armor. So I think that is part of what makes her so unkillable. But it's really, but again, if you just learn how to cycle those abilities or, or your cooldowns, she's great. The other thing about, uh, like you mentioned, the javelin throw, which is now your secondary fire or your right click. It took me a while to get used to doing it, but once I got it, once I got it, like it's, it's very, it's very impactful. And something I noticed is that it has, uh, impact damage, which what I mean by that is if somebody is up next to a wall and you slam them with that thing, they not only take damage from the javelin, but from slamming into the wall behind them, much like what a doomfist punch does to somebody. If you just punch them, it doesn't do much, but if you punch them into a wall, they take slam damage from jumping into or from hitting whatever it is that's behind them. And it also works as a, as a stun. So there's just a, a very, there's going to be a very big skill ceiling for that skill. Uh, now, in terms of her, how good she is, she right now she's in a league of her own. Uh, and I think that's true for both heroes that have been reworked. Orisa is at the top, and then right behind her, I think has to, we have to talk about Doomfist. Doomfist. Doomfist was a DPS now has been uh, thrust into the tank category. Uh, along with that, they removed an ability and they gave him more of a defensive tanking ability, which is called, is it shield block? Is that what it's yeah, called? That's, yeah, that's, that's what I've shield block. And uh, they made him a little bit bigger, not a lot bigger like the other tanks, but they made him a, a significantly bigger just so that, you know, you don't have a small tank flying everywhere. Being that he's so mobile, you know, it would be crazy to hit him. Uh, but I think in terms of the difference between him and Arissa is that Arissa uh, can take a lot of damage, but she can actually put out a lot of damage. I think Doomfist's role is that more, he's more, he can, he can eat a lot of damage, but he does not really kill or he's not as lethal in the way that Arissa is. Uh, where Orisa is like the focal point, you know, I've seen and I actually experienced some games where the Orisa on your team is the one that has the most damage. And that's just because you are able to be so aggressive. And if your team is behind you, you can do it all. She can do it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doomfist is more of a disruptor and he's going to get in there, turn teams around. And if your DPS know what they're doing or catch on to the playstyle. While everybody else is trying to kill you, your DPS and your healers are shooting people in the back. You displace people with your punches. Uh, You go in there and now there's a new mechanic to his ult as well as his seismic slam, which is a move he retained, where you slow people down. So it doesn't catch you in place, but it's just a temporary little slow where if people catch on to it, they say, okay, I need to take take this guy out. This guy's low health. He can't move anywhere. Target him. Uh, and I think I think that playstyle is going to benefit a lot from the ping system, which is something new to this game. 
Uh, I actually have enjoyed using it a lot thus far in my with my character, specifically as a healer. Uh, but we'll go into that a little bit later. Since let's let's just uh, stick with the tanks. Uh, I, I gave my two cents on Doomfist. What do you think about the new Doomfist rework? It's okay. From uh, I will, even in Overwatch, I've never I was never there's several heroes who I just never played with. Doomfist is one of them, and Genji. Um, but I would watch Doomfist. I would watch Rico play Doomfist because Rico's likes Rico likes loves Doomfist and. Surprisingly, I did use him in Overwatch too, just to kind of you know he's a tank now, right? So I got I, I love the tanks, right? Tanks are, are the roles I like a lot. I loved how mobile he is, and then he has a super cool uh, his jumping ability, right? Where a seismic slam you can actually point up, almost like a Winston slam, and I thought that was huge because it still gives Doomfist that ability to chain his attacks. Where if you chain them, you know you do the things you're able to do, especially to a DPS or a healer. Doomfist was, you know, he's not supposed to output damage, like the Rico said, at disruption, but he, he's, he's going to do good damage. And I've seen good Doom players where they're super hard to kill. Now, granted, Doomfist is, can be annoying him, you know, in and out itself. If their Doomfist goes in there, you know, disrupt, 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 get out, you know, it's almost like a wrecking ball, right? Where they're trying to get in and out, in and out. And somebody like Doomfist, who can literally hover in the air, not hover, right, but just go into the air, go away, come back in three, four seconds, and just, you know, totally just mess you up. It's going to make a difference. I know Riku's going to have a lot more fun with Doomfist than I am, just because, again, I, I, I just don't play Doomfist and stuff. But from what I've seen overall, again, his punch, he is a lot of fun to play, by the way. I do I, I do, I do, do that whole Winston thing of going into the air, and I'm already charging up my... Uh, my punching ability just so I can, you know, chain it, so do super cool things. Um, but yeah, I don't have a lot of a lot of two cents because, you know, take it from somebody who doesn't really play Doomfist and um, my opinion on it. But um, ultimately, man, Doomfist feels good. He looks he looks good. I, being not a Doomfist player, I did actually enjoy playing with him. Um, I died all the time, right, because I don't know what I'm doing. But for the most part, it felt good. And I think that goes a long way, you know, especially for people who do like and enjoy playing with Doomfist. Yeah, and I think, uh, believe it or not, I have not played Doomfist yet. I wanted to, I wanted to focus on Arista today, uh, so I haven't played Doomfist yet, and I'm actually very surprised that you haven't or you didn't get into Doomfist, even though he's a very complex character. I'll give it that, but. I I feel like your favorite tanks have always been mobile tanks. Tanks that can go here and there. Diva, Wrecking Ball, I feel like are have been your favorite tanks. So I feel like naturally, once you take that deep dive into him, I think you're going to love him a lot too. You see, um, I, I thought about doing that. I thought about doing that. And I say, hey, let, me do it, let me do it in... in um... In part one, the, the thing with my style of play is that I'm I'm mobile in and out, in and out, but I could get rec reckless, and Rico knows I can. So I, I do catch Rico having to play these heroes where he's gonna bail me out. But I'm reckless for a good reason because I'm 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 gonna disrupt, I'm gonna get kills, and when I remember, I do get out. You see, with Doomfist, when I was trying part one, whereas he didn't have the HP by the time I realized that I needed to get the hell out of there, I couldn't. So maybe that he has more health and he has that super cool Winston ability. When I, the one time I used him, I used him twice actually. I did. I I thought of Rico because I um 
I went in there disrupted. I went up and I actually punched my way out of, out of the scenario. So I was kind of already getting the, the hang of Doomfist again. And this is from somebody who's never really played Doomfist compared to the, you know, the pros. Cause that, there's been an amazing Doomfist. Um, so the mobility, I do see what you mean. And the fact that I, I'm not going to die, right. Or not die as quickly, um, is a big plus to me, you know, gravitating toward him. Because one of the things I thought was, Oh, he's a tank. Now I have to get at least decent with him. Cause you know, I'm not going to say I'm good with all the tanks, but I can hold my own at least with each one, each one, some better than others, obviously, but you know, I'm going to make it a point to learn him. Yeah. So he, he's just a master of mobility disrupting. And one of those characters, like I say, if your team if your team buys into what you're doing there you're easily going to be blocking damage from from at least three players if you're diving their backline and what happens those team those guys end up turning around looking at you and your team on the other side either has a 4v2 or they can shoot those people in the back uh so again disruptor uh in terms of those two heroes kind of sitting atop of the tank list now uh I would hope that uh the the team takes an approach where they buff the other tanks rather than they nerf these two. Because yeah. I feel like if they tone these two down, I feel like they might feel a little bit more like what they were in Overwatch 1. Because right now they feel dynamically different. More so Arissa. Uh but I hope that they choose to do the, to go that way instead of in, I I hope they choose to to buff up instead of nerf down. And, and, and it would kind of make sense, right, for tanks. I know I said earlier, you know, that they might do something with her, but uh, it didn't even cross my mind that they would want to buff everybody else. Um, tanks are you're, you only have one tank, right? So they're meant to be. I want them to be, you know, different. I want them to be viably different. You know, I, I, and I, I know you mentioned uh, kind of getting away just for a bit. You mentioned Sojourn and Soldier, how Soldier does, so, Sojourn does things Soldiers does, but Soldier does it a little bit better, so you're better off using Soldier. Uh, and again, it's, it's the beta, so I do hope that, you know, and I don't mind situational characters. I don't mind characters that are, you know, you, a certain situation calls for them. I don't mind that because at least they'll get used in some places or, 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 or you know, place uh locations but the fact that they can do something and nobody else can't i think that would be awesome so i hope they I, that's a good idea right for them to buff up um to give them things that no other hero make them unique right you want to make them unique that's yeah I, I think so too and i think uh, in a perfect world you know every single one of them is viable every character is viable and i think uh you don't want it to become this thing uh where our team doesn't win because we don't have Doom or Arisa. You know, if there's a guy out there, for example, me, I love the Sigma character. Uh, you love the Diva character. You don't want to go out there. And even though you have kind of uh, built this uh, relationship with your character or gotten good at this character, you know the ins and outs of this character, you don't want to go out there and feel like you're immediately as a, at a disadvantage. You yeah. kind of want to be able to recognize, okay, they have a Doomfist. I'm going to roll out there with my Sigma, or in your case, a Diva, and I need to do these things to be able to beat him. Yeah, and uh, you said it before. You said it real nice before, right? Where if you get into a game and then people automatically think you're throwing because you're picking a certain character, like that sucks. You know what I mean? Like, like 
that sucks. And you mentioned it a while back, you know, and that kind of stuck with me. And and now with the with with the one tank uh game, your tank is gonna be the focal point of your team. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like you mentioned, the tank goes down, the team you either need to run your ass back until your tank is back, or you're gonna have to make some crazy plays to be able to level the playing field. Uh so going into the playmaking, uh with this change, so many of the of the DPS now feel dr- drastically different. One you mentioned, Soldier 76. There's no longer two shields. The hero the heroes at the top of the meta are not shield heroes. Uh so he his playstyle and his uh flank playstyle now is has been busted wide open. Uh so he's so much more fun, so much more impactful. And he kind of seems right now at the top of the list when it comes to who are the better heroes, just simply off of this one tank change. He's and the reworks. He's benefited. I agree. Have you gotten a chance to play him a little bit? or Who, Soldier? Yes. Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, I think I mentioned a while back, uh, he was actually probably the first guy I played when I got in. And he he felt good like and i was and i was telling rico like i'm i'm killing people i'm having an easy time you know connecting for damage like like and i was just freaking out because i was like dang you know uh god played the game on the first one with um his helix bomb and um i got two of the visor uh helix bomb and then killed the fourth one with just a regular like he felt good and again just the lack of that tank i felt that that soldier really just benefited from it because you know whether you're flanking where you're running in and out you know i have that playstyle where i like to be mobile you run in out knowing when to uh knowing when to drop back to drop back a bit as you know have the battle but the fact that soldier can shoot you from distance like and i had no problem connecting for damage um he did benefit i i think he did just greatly from this from this hero and he felt good he and it, it's always it's always good to to you know when they feel good um his recoil and again it might just be me or i might just be overthinking it but you know it's it's controllable like you don't really feel it like it's just soldier was he was awesome like like i i don't play soldier in overwatch when he's probably one of my least used just because he's you know i call him the the call of duty player right oh call of duty you're playing call of duty you soldier you'll be all right um but no nah, man he's he was awesome to play with and had a lot of fun and i actually played with him several more times after that just you know just because of how great he felt yeah, just this, uh, this no longer having to go on like this obscure journey across across the map to try and flank to be able to shoot to have a chance to shoot somebody if the team doesn't notice you and shield you off. Like now, you can just straight up be with your team and say, uh, or the that's, journey won't. That, that, "That's the guy I see. I'm gonna shoot them." Yeah, or the journey won't be as much. And, and I'm thinking when you, when you mentioned that journey, right? Like. Uh, we were playing on Oasis. We were playing on the on the control map where you have that um, that cylinder right in the middle. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Like before, you have one tank on the right, one tank on the left, or you, when you wrap around, one tank would notice, and then you have two shields one on the left, one on the right. So soldier was all having to constantly go to the left all the way around. Where in this case now, I legit just from the right side of the cylinder, I would go back to the left, like just that you know that or through the little hallway around right the middle, that little doorway around right the middle, 
and I was automatically in flank position. It made it so much easier. And if, if somebody notices me, it's going to be a DPS or or a, a healer. And you know, hey, cool. You know that that it's it's a gunfight, or it's, it becomes a fight at that time. I no longer have to worry about journeying across or you know behind enemy lines just to get a glimpse before the shield notices me. So that that's a good way to put it. Yeah. So um, another thing with the with the particularly with the damage dealers. And I guess it's a little bit with tanks and, to a certain extent, uh, healers too. One of the other philosophies they ca they had, uh, they mentioned, and have followed through with in this beta is the lack of CC or uh, what's the what's the the words escaping me? Uh, crowd control, crowd control. Certain moves that that stun people uh, that are either hypermobile or. For whatever reason, you want to stun them to be able to kill them easier. Uh, something like a, uh, uh, a character used to go by the name of McCree. Now Cassidy used to have a, a stun grenade, which was kind of like the standard. Uh, we're having trouble with this guy. Somebody switched to McCree. Let's stun him and kill him. Uh, those were characters like Doomfist, Tracer, uh, Wrecking Ball. Uh, the one... the 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 one the one less tank now coupled with the lack of CC. On top of that, also adds to the pacing of the game. And now there's characters that we kind of have become reliant, especially us that we're not the best players. We're not bad, but we're not the best. You know, we're used to seeing that Doomfist. Oh, let me go McCree. Uh, or or we're struggling with the tracer. Let me go, McCree or Cassidy. Now it, it still a little tough for me to make that change. Sure. Let me go, Cass, and let me just stun this guy. Boom, shoot him in the head. Done. Uh, so my experience thus far, I played a little bit of tracer and had so much fun. I think she did get a little bit of a nerf because I think they did foresee her being indirectly buffed with the with the lack of CC. Uh. But I still had a lot of fun being able to blink all around the map. I did, I think I did a pretty good job timing my recalls and being able to get out whenever I was in trouble. And just uh, a disruptor. I got I was able to get my fair share of kills. But just having the team, again, have to turn around and try and protect their healer. By the time they get there to help them, I've either killed them or I'm out. Uh, recalling back to my team. Uh, you have, did you get a chance to play Tracer yet? Very little. Um, I, sw I switched from her automatically um, when I played Tracer. Uh, I didn't really notice much, again, from the few times I, I played her. But I do want to go back to what you said about Cassidy, right, about the credit control. It happened It happened where, again, I'm thinking of Overwatch 1. I was uh, to go with Combat Doomfist, and I think at one point they had a Wrecking Ball when they switched. And, uh, you know, I started, I went McCree. And I said, man, I was like, I feel like I'm not stopping him. Like his, his flashbang is not doing anything. And Rico says, oh, it's not a flashbang anymore. And I said, oh, that explains it. So I'm over here looking for somebody. I was like, you know, and I mentioned, I was like, you know, this crowd control, like, like, I, who, who does crowd control? And he goes, dude, he goes, they almost like got rid of it. And I don't know what. And I was just, dang. So having to adapt, having to kind of figure out, okay, what are you going to do to stop, you know, these mobile characters? And again, Rico mentioned how certain characters might have gone indirect buff and, you know, people like Tracer, right, where Tracer was one, and I think to this day in Overwatch 1, where 
Tracer was probably one of the heroes that I never really, maybe super rare, uh, saw get any sort of buff or nerf from the get-go just because she was already that, like, you know, she was that good. So, you know, again, but I haven't played much with Tracer. Um, I haven't got to see much of what she's able to do and, you know, how she how she does it. Um, but, yeah, so maybe I'll give it a try her next just so I can see. You know, you did mention there was a slight nerf somewhere. Yeah, I think the damage. I think they, they tuned down her damage a little bit because I think they foresaw, like, uh, naturally with with the lack of her, with the erase, with them erasing her weakness, she's going to get a little bit of a buff indirectly, like you said. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the other person I got to use was Bastion. And Ash are the other two that I tried to take the dive in the dive into Ash because uh, I really I I really enjoy uh, when I see something becoming uh, when I see something repeated that I see at every game. Uh, for example, when I was playing was Arissa, Arissa, Arissa. I'm seeing Arissa every game, so I think if Every single time I'm going up against an Arissa, I see an Arissa and these three or four people behind her every single game. What is something I can do that is going to have immediate impact that doesn't that doesn't directly put me in danger every single time? The first thing that came to my mind is using Ash and lighting all those people on fire with her dynamite. I said I said uh I'm going to be able to have all these people at half health while, while they're fighting my, like, even before they start to fight the rest of my team. And I had so much success and so much fun doing that. And then by the time they caught on to me and were trying to come at me, Ash also has the coach gun, which creates separation. So if people try to aggro on me, uh-uh, get away from me, I'm out. And then here comes my team fighting them, boom, you're on fire. Uh, so I had a lot of success with that. Uh, Bastion had a, is one of those characters that also got a rework. Um, and he seems like a lot more fun. Yeah. But, but he's very, he feels very circumstantial. If your team is playing a little bit more of a slower pay, play style, not, not slow like Bunker, but just he has a little bit more, more mobility now. Uh, but oftentimes I found myself kind of getting left behind by my team because they were trying to get in there rushing, uh, diving people, and I just could not keep up. So I ended up switching off of him and said, you know what, When once I see people start to play more Sigma, more Rhine, more uh, maybe Roadhog, uh, I'll give Bastion another go and see if it feels a little bit more impactful. I don't know if you got to try too much. Uh, Bastion, what did you think? I, I did get to I actually played Bastion quite a bit just because uh, I, I started, I was focusing more on the guys of the reworks more so than anything. Um, Bastion felt uh, like a lot of fun. Uh, I thought he was fun. Um, rather than just being stationary, I know that was one of the big things where, okay, let me just plop down here and then, you know, move and plop down right here. Okay, move and relocate, plop down right here. No, like 
he he became a little bit more a little bit just a, a bit more you know strategy involved right uh when to use his um uh, his sentry mode as compared to, you know, being in recon and they made his recon just a little bit slower and he, he no longer has that health. So obviously you cannot just go in and, you know, just be reckless, or whatever. He, so there is that strategy involved of, you know, in and out and to compensate when he's in the sentry mode, right? When he, now he has mobility, his machine gun, um, does do, I, or I feel it does do an adequate amount of damage to I, where I guess it's fair compared to you know what we're used to with with uh, bastion the only thing was where his his right his right trigger or his secondary was uh it's like a little grenade like a little bomb grenade that you're able to kind of throw and stuff like that that was one thing i felt was at first i thought it was kind of cool you know he i was like oh you latch it on you know it, you you already have a a bigger a sense but it's like okay well you gave bastion all these things out you know something whether it's like a lightning something you know i, I like to see something done at least to that see, see what direction that that little right trigger secondary attack goes but again I, I had a lot of fun with bastion um and especially his super cool uh where he gets to be mobile and uses you know gatling gun which is which is a lot of fun right because again when do you use it how should you use it um usually you don't want to use it in a fight because there is like a second uh to for him to uh, configure into it so usually you want to use it right before a wall so you can go in on the ready rather than oh you're in mid fight you're getting shot at okay well let me use that well you're probably gonna die because it takes a whole second and you know time is precious um so i did learn that early on kind of quickly uh, but i had a lot of fun overall with bastion i did something else i think that uh, affected me a lot like in that i could not i could not play on my own and i could not afford to be left behind is now the lack of self-heal with Bastion. Because I felt like uh, you could flank, take care of yourself with the way Bastion played in Overwatch 1. And I think that if he was... If he, if he still had that self-heal, uh, he would be a lot stronger than I think what I feel he is right now. Maybe a little too strong. Yeah, no, no. I, if he was able to heal, yeah, I, you know... To heal and yeah, no, I agree. I can't even I, express. I, I, I don't think he would be as circumstantial as like I feel he is uh -huh. when it comes to like being left behind. You wouldn't have to rely on your team to heal you or take care of you as much. So you could afford to be left behind and not with your with your team. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's it. I haven't uh, I haven't yet given Sombra a chance. I've gone against uh, a few and. I think she's good, but I don't think she's overpowered. Mm. You given her a shot yet or have any experiences going against her? She's one of the ones, even in part one, where, you know, again, trying try to, I, I can play with her, you know, get used to her and stuff like that. Um, but I haven't really paid it, like, I used her, but I didn't pay attention to exactly, because I remember she did have a rework where hacks do certain things, where, uh, where now if you hack them, she deals more damage. So I haven't really gotten to um, pay attention to exactly what I was doing. I used her, like, I used her once in a round, uh, just to kind of see more or less what she was like. Um, but no, I, I wouldn't be able to give you a, a definite, you know, definitive. Um, yeah, so definitive. I noticed uh, from the other side, I noticed that some of the Sombras also weren't quite too familiar and i learned it it's interesting that i learned it from the person going against sombra uh i think before when you would hack somebody you could you would hack them for like what two seconds maybe three seconds mm -hmm. now the hack is like fundamentally different 
before you would hack them for whatever many seconds it was and they could not use any abilities. Now I think the hack lasts longer and I think you can retain her in invisibility when you hack somebody. Yes. I think if I'm not mistaken, I think the hack lasts up to like five or six seconds. Yes. But abilities are only turned <laughs> off for the first second. For yes. the very first second. So I found it that Sombra's were a little bit too confident when they would hack me and they would think like, oh, this guy can't do anything to me. And then boom, I would hit him with an ability and they were like, they didn't know what to do. Yeah. So uh, I think along that time of the hack, Sombra also does get a little bit of a buff. I think she does 40% more damage to you or... She does a or, significant or, amount of damage. It, actually, no, I think the 40% is when she EMPs. I think she does... Yeah. Now, uh, 40% base damage, something close to like what Sigma's ult does, where it does 50%. She does 40% of a dam of, of a character's health to them when she EMPs them. But she yeah. gets a little bit of a damage buff, e even though uh, it's just the, the cooldown, the hack. Yeah. But uh, I had a lot of success against Sombras uh, so far with the, uh, I think with my, with my play as Ash, for the most part. So uh, I remember hearing when they did the first uh, iteration of the of Overwatch 2 that she was actually really, really strong. She was basically like Tracer is how she played. So I, uh, it seems to me like they probably did tune her down a little bit. Uh, but I haven't I haven't taken the dive into seeing what she's like in my hands. Um, any other DPS that you touched on or feel like... Uh, Feel good, feel worse, feel the same? As far as the DPS are concerned. Mm, I know you're a sim you're a sim guy. You're a fan of sim. Oh man. Oh yeah, symmetric man. She was and again, she I think she's one of who didn't really get much of a rework or anything. I don't think she's probably practically still the same. Um but smooth, man. Like again, any time using a DPS there's one less tank. <laughs> Honestly, it's a lot of fun. Like the one less tank just really opens it up for DPS in general. Just to be able to again have a little bit more fun and not not worry about you know being tanked down uh, by two shields and stuff like that. I use Junkrat a little bit. Um, again, same thing. I know his trap. His trap. You're able to move in it now, and it doesn't last very long. Uh, I did play with May just a bit, just see what her freeze was like. We didn't freeze. She slowed them down. Um, but other than that, again, it's for the most part the DPS. Feel the same except for super minor adjustments as far as crowd control is concerned. Um, Reaper, same thing. Um, who, 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 who's that kind of trying to think? I didn't try Sojourn, she's one of the ones I didn't try. I didn't get to try Samba. Symmetra just felt awesome, like she's she's a lot of fun. Torb, Torb, you know, he's just always a good um way to go. Um, but other than that, I think for the most part, again, DPS, they're they're benefiting a lot from not having that extra tank. So I want to, I really want to see, and obviously you'll be telling me, right, how um, people are going to combat, you know, these um, these DPS who just have this advantage just because of the lack of tank. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, and you know what? Oddly enough, I actually feel like Symmetra is one of those that is missing that that second tank because with that, with the, with one of the things, one of the things that was unique to her, I always thought, that I felt like you probably felt too was that if there's double shields, those shields actually, oh, yeah. 
actually feel like she they feed her her damage yeah they they fed her damage so you know what put a shield in front of me fine i'm just going to i'm just going to get more powerful the more shields you put in front of me yeah. and by the time i eat through your shields you're you're not going to know what to do because my beam is going to melt your dps and your healers yeah and and, and, and you just can't keep up and and even if not like that you know what fine put your shields down i'm going to tp right past them yeah, no, the, the TP is still the TP is still real good, still real fluid. Her beam, I think it does take a little. If I'm not mistaken, I got might be just be you know in over my head. It just kind of it does take a little bit longer. But again, when when you're focusing that beam on on whether it's not a mobile tank or you know whatever, like she she's just when she gets it and she gets it, and you know, and it, again, just the lack of tank, you just have to be a little bit more skillful as far as aiming her beam, um, focusing her beam. Um, but yeah, no, I do agree. And I, I remember one instance where Ryan, every time there's a Ryan Hardin right in front of you, you're, you're dangerous, but that beam just right, just, just outside of range and you can power up your beam. And when he loses the field, I mean, you, you would eat that Ryan before he even took two or three hits, man. <laughs> so I know what you mean. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, again, it's just, today was just day two. So, uh, so there's a lot more, a lot more we'll figure out, especially with DPS being that there's so many. Uh, the last thing probably would just be the, believe it or not, I've actually played the most as uh, support or healer and have just uh, honestly have loved it. I, I actually was surprised how much I've enjoyed it because it feels like they got the the least amount of love in this new, in this beta uh, because of changes. Uh, none of them like fundamentally play any different than they did in the first game. Uh, some of them got like the, again, those indirect buffs and in indirect nerfs based on now the faster play style. Uh, it seems like the two that have risen to the top have been uh, Lucio being that everybody's kind of all over the place pacing again, uh, being a big part of the, the game now. Uh, and then Ana being that, she doesn't have to be all you, all you have to do is be in line of sight and she can heal you. So it doesn't matter if the Doomfist is right in front of you or across the map. If you can see him, you can heal him, which is why I think they're they're the two best right now. Uh, and that completely goes against somebody like Batiste, where it was like, OK, everybody stand together and I'm just going to uh, right click into you and heal everybody. Um. And I just enjoy, I really enjoy the being able to enable other people to play. Uh, today, one of the things I was able to do is uh, we had a Roadhog as our tank. And right away, some people would say, oh, here we go, a Roadhog. Like, how are we going to beat this Orisa? And I made it my mission to be his Lucio and help him flank. And, and just be able to pull off his, if you know Roadhog, he has this one shot. Hook, shoot, and melee. Car it's not a one shot, but it's a hook, shoot, and melee uh, cycle that you can do to kind of just take characters down in a split second. Uh, so I I had a blast enabling enabling him to be able to do just that, and we were able to beat the Arissa. We took out all her teammates and then all focused her down, and they could do nothing about it. Um. Yesterday, yesterday I got to play Ana with you a little bit and just loved being able to see you all dive people and be able to throw that anti-nade 
and say, have at it, boys. Feast. You had big nades, man. I figured it was one. I was like, oh, big was a three, three, uh, three anti and dove in there. It was, you're talking about the one in King's Row? Yes. There was yeah. one where they were like down these, uh, like down in that little crevice where there's like the stairs going down, stairs going up, and there's like a little tree. And I saw you all in there and I was on the payload and I said, oh, these guys are going after him. Boom. Yeah. That was it. And I and I heard you. I heard you recognize that too, that I that I threw that nade and I was like, fuck yeah, man. So I said, Oh, big nade, big nade. For the squad. For the squad. You, you, you tell me twice, though. Oh, I see him man. Oh, when I see a Discord, I'm D, I see a Discord orb, I see or I see anti man, I'm diving down. I know oh, there's five guys there, I'm gonna get one. I'll get at least get two, right? Make it a make it a uh, fight in my advantage and usually and i always make a little joke right where or you know we call omar the oh the shooter uh, whatever right uh, but I've, his running joke is that omar used to be my healer you know, and i never let him get it and when omar's my healer i always tell him oh they're going ham they're going ham omar <laughs> yeah so shout out to all the healers out there i know it's a it's a little rough right now but uh don't get theirs i think i think they have to show them so they have to show them some love uh I guess the last thing, did you play any, I know you've played a little bit of heels. What, uh, what are your feelings? I played most. Who, who have you enjoyed? Who do you think? I played mostly. Who did I play more? I think I played Zanyata and Moira quite a bit. Uh, oh, oh, come on. You can't say Moira. Like, we all know you're Moira as a DPS Moira. Oh, I know. Everybody <laughs> knows that. I, I, no, no, hey, but I'll heal. If I, if you're next to me and I see you, I'll heal. But I, you know, if you're far away, I'll throw an old have at it and I'll back. I'll go back to, to doing damage. I tell you all the time. Well, I guess there's no one to kill. I guess I could pump you with a little bit of yellow. I'll say, hey, I'll make. I'll make. If you're next to me, I'll make sure. I'll make sure you stay healed. But I'm. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be pressing that. Uh, that attack button, you know, to their team most of the time. And every, it never fails. Uh, every time I'm Moira, I'll always go just to kind of double check. It happens at one. And I was like, oh, let, let me see where I'm at, right? I usually go gold. It will be uh, sometimes silver damage, right? Or gold damage if I'm able to get my pumps. But I'll be gold at eliminations, and sometimes I'll be gold healing shit. For Moira is one of the only few characters who a couple of times I've gone all five gold just because you know, I just go in and <laughs> just DPS everybody. I'm going to go. It's a lot of fun. Anymore. And, and strangely enough, with, with Zen, um, I like to DPS Zen too, but um, I usually play back and I've gone really good with, uh, you know, holding his secondary, right, where he holds his orbs and you release them all, all at the same time and the Discord orb is just huge. Um, as far as, let me see, I'm trying to think of a true healer type. Baptiste, I've always I've, I've always liked Baptiste for healing more so than, than his gun. Uh, so when I'm Baptiste, I'm primarily healing all the way through. Also, I did Triana actually a couple of times. Um, she's a lot of fun too. Uh, I've always liked the healers and and stuff like that. Usually, if I'm not tank, I'm usually healer. Um, even though it's probably my worst, I will say it's, I think it's my worst category out of three. You know, I, I'm obviously right if I'm over here DPSing with Zen and Moira with Zen, right? Like, so. But yeah, that, those those are my thoughts as far as the supports are concerned. They're gonna get theirs. I think they're gonna get theirs uh, later on. Uh, their works and you know their buffs or nerd, or you know they'll get their time to shine. Yeah, I uh, I did play a little bit of Zen today. Her, his uh, right click, I think it's called the volley. I think it's a, a volley or something like that. Uh, definitely felt good. Oh, you know, dude. throwing him down, he can definitely take people's heads off. Yeah. Um. Mora. Now that now that we're talking about Mora, Mora, Moira. Uh, shout out to Rudy Moria. Moira, Moira, 
think he says Moria. Moria. You know, Rudy. We have yeah. uh, Zendaya, Moria. Zendaya, Zenyari, Cosm- Cosm- Bridget. Zendaya. Bridget, yeah. Brigetti. Actually, no, Brigetti. That's what he says. He says Brigetti. Uh, I, I started calling it Brigetti just because of Rudy. <laughs> so, uh, Mora, man. I've run into more and more Moras uh, today, and they she is a menace. She's one of those I feel like no more CC. Like she's just gonna be all up in your face, <laughs> and she doesn't have to aim her damage. All she does is stand there and hold uh, whatever it is, uh, left trigger, right trigger, and she's gonna suck you dry. If you if you can't aim, she's just gonna annoy the crap out of you. Uh. So yeah, I have seen a lot of Anas uh, yesterday and today with a lot of damage, even out damaging their DPS and their tanks. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm enjoying it. Sounds like you're enjoying it too. Uh, oh, yeah, and I think it's a good. I, I think it's a good start. Yeah, we have we still have a while, May seventeenth. So we'll be playing that definitely on weekends. And I I I, I play console, but you know. It's on PC. I'm gonna play PC here, so I'm playing wherever I can get it. Uh, but ultimately, we still have a good time, uh, a good time left to play this game. So, uh, or at least the beta. So, I'm gonna be playing a lot. Yeah, and uh, it is gonna go for I think three more weeks. Uh, unfortunately, the beta so far in terms of keys is closed. But on May fifth, uh, is gonna be the return of the. Uh, Overwatch esports called the Overwatch League, and on the fifth, uh, you have to if you watch one hour up to one hour of Overwatch League matches, you you have a chance at a beta key. I think you have to watch for one hour. It says here every every hour they're gonna give fifteen hundred beta beta codes. So there's still a chance for people to get in, play, experience it for themselves. Maybe they like it. Maybe they don't. I'm still uh, sure the, out that um, people haven't gotten codes and stuff like that. And now, now I'm starting to think that it really was, you know, like you guys getting that stuff, how, how you got it. Like now it's kind of close. Hey, dude, like I didn't have to work at all. <laughs> like I'm in shock. I got it day one. So, so I'm like, dang, they have to. And that, that's that's if they get lucky. That's that's insane. That's crazy. I'd be, yeah, I'd be the 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 positive I thought for the way they distributed it was obviously number one, you're gonna help all those Overwatch creators be able to get views. Mm. Uh, there's some that you know are gonna get views no matter what. They're they've worked hard enough to make names for themselves, no matter what they play, what they watch. But again, I'm I'm a big Twitch Twitch head. I watch a lot of Twitch, watch games, see what's hot, see what's new. Uh, sometimes it's the game, sometimes it's the personality. But uh, I loved seeing Overwatch back at the top of Twitch. Uh, I think one of the strictly Overwatch people, Overwatch streamers, was up at, I think, at 100,000 viewers. Uh, Up from his usual, I think he gets maybe like 4,000, 6,000. So it was really great to see that. Everybody just had a surge. And I think the biggest streamer on Twitch... Right now is a guy by the name of XQC. I think at one point he had 300,000. That's crazy. And it was good to see him too because he is a guy that actually has a... His background is in Overwatch. So he started off as a pro, transitioned into a streamer, and pretty much anything he plays, he's going to get views just because he's one of those guys that's 
a personality to watch. And uh, this this is not the first time they do uh, drops or keys uh, for in exchange for people watching watching uh, streamers and uh, getting those views. But a lot of times it's been very random. Like you'll be randomly selected. Like once an hour, they'll pick like this many people or that many people. So it was kind of, it, it seemed kind of crazy that you had to watch four hours. But at least in this, the way they formatted this one, at the end of the four hours, you knew you were getting in. It wasn't like, I'm going to watch all day for a chance. No, oh, it was a guarantee. That would have been intense. Which was nice. Like, all I had to do was I knew at one o'clock I'm going to turn on a stream. I'm going to leave it on. And at a certain time, I'm getting my, I'm getting my, my key. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you know, uh, that's, I guess that's Overwatch 2. It's a good start. And hopefully it just gets better. You know, we still have uh, probably more, more reworks, more buffs. Um, and even a whole other side of the game that we have any, we don't even know, yeah. we know nothing about in that they're adding PVE to this game. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. I honestly can't wait. It's going to be amazing. Um, any other big things you want to touch on, uh, uh Overwatch as- or, or just gaming in general for the week? Uh, well, Xbox did announce their. Xbox Bethesda, they they did they did attach the Beth- uh, Bethesda's name to it. Um, Xbox Bethesda Showcase, I believe it's going to be on a Sunday. I'm trying to remember June. It's June something. Um, let me find it fairly quickly. Um, it was going to be at 11 o'clock. I know it's on a Sunday on June. Now whether I find it here, is that when it? No. Yeah. Here, I'll, I'll I'll get it here in a second or two. Uh, yeah. voted Sunday, June twelfth for Sunday. Xbox and Bethesda game showcase. Yes. So if Xbox already announced their showcase, then I would think you be you should be expecting that Nintendo. Nintendo usually does their they usually have a, a direct in June. The one who's always all over the place, and I'm always saying it, despite how much you know I play their games and stuff. Sony, they usually like to do things different for the sake of it. I don't know why, but I think last year they did theirs sometime in July. If I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly, uh, but yeah, Xbox Bethesda, June 12th. Um, can't wait to see that. I know, you know, and we'll, me and Rick will be talking about it on Discord just to kind of see. I know we did that last year, so it's always fun to watch and exciting. Um, other than that, as far as gaming news is concerned, I think as far on on my end, that's that's all I remember from the top of my head. Um, I don't know if you have anything else left to talk about. No, I think that's the only other big thing. You know, so much of our week gaming has been overwatch overwatch only overwatch so oh yeah and next I, week, I think uh, I, I think that's the big thing yeah for sure over the overwatch beta uh next week i will we'll probably talk about Overwatch again you know um it's what we're playing and i do like to have a game for every console so maybe they'll touch up a little base on that just so i know just variety and stuff like that more or less what we're playing and what we like to play and stuff um but no i'm glad i got anime out of the day uh, out of the way hopefully i get to talk about that again uh very soon uh but yeah we always talk about gaming anime whatever is hot whatever is not and just a quick little thing just for rico the maps did win they're on their way to the second round 98 96 um so but other than that do you have anything else man 
No, I was going to touch on that too, but uh, that's our third series now that we have in the conference semifinals. So the my Mavericks will be going up against the Phoenix Suns. Uh, we have Miami and Philly over in the Eastern Conference. Uh, my, uh, my, uh, Philly did close out today. Uh, then we have uh, Milwaukee and Boston. Then we have Golden State waiting for either Memphis if they win if they win the, their next game or Minnesota is down three to two. So they would have to pull off two more wins probably for the upset. So uh, we have three conference semis and we're waiting on the fourth, but uh, it's looking like still anybody's game. So yeah, at the end of the day, I think if it's not, if you're not rooting for your team that at, at the very least, that's what you want. Something where, you know, anybody can win. You don't know, you know, maybe you're pulling for a team that you favor a little bit or a player you favor a little bit. But at the end of the day, you just want it to be exciting. Um, yeah. Uh, as far as sports concerned, uh, just to kind of wrap it up, um, the, the NFL draft was today. Um, some of the big headliners, and I, I don't follow, follow college football, but uh, I do follow a couple of the prospects that might, you know, or at least the Eagles have a potential chance of getting. I know we're trying to get a wide receiver. Um, we did get AJ Brown in a trade because we didn't apparently we didn't get the receiver we wanted. So, um, how we doing? How we things traded um, a first round pick and a third round pick for AJ Brown and we signed him to hundred million dollars. So, uh, I'm yeah. We have a another wide receiver outside uh, Devontae Smith. So that's exciting. Um, so if you weren't if you weren't sure, NFL draft, you know, first round was today. Um, go check out ESPN.com and go ahead and check out who got picked where, you know, follow your team and just kind of go from there. That's why I want to give a little NFL draft a shout out. Yeah. Uh, big, uh, big shout out to those guys that whose dream just came true today, you know? Yeah. They work hard, man. And they, they bust their ass. It's gone recognized and hopefully they're able to take that to the next level. Yeah. Uh, uh Good. Nah, other than that, I, I'm done. I don't have anything. Uh, I just want to thank everybody for a hey, thank for thank you for talking anime. Thank you for talking games, Overwatch in this case, and a hey, sports man. You know. No, thank you for talking anime. <laughs> no, you're welcome. I'm all about it. Um, one last thing. Uh, I guess going back to that the the anime, which was kind of like the base of this uh, today's uh, little discussion. Uh, I think we missed it. Mar Marcus mentioned that I started doing this thing just kind of just off the top of my head, which was the hero of the week. Uh, I didn't, I don't think, I think I missed it last week because I, I, nothing came to mind that just stuck with me. But uh, Marcus is the anime guy in our, in our group. And this past week, he had the chance to go out to, it just so happened that we had a little uh, Comic-Con in our little area of, of Texas uh, called the Rio Grande Valley. And he was able to meet some of the voice actors, one of the voice actors that he loves uh, for one of his favorite characters. And he was also able to take his girlfriend, who also is an anime, uh, anime lover, and meet one of the uh, voice actors for one of her favorite characters. And he, he mentioned to me that one of the voice actors, I don't know the names because I'm not familiar with the with them the way you are, 
but he mentioned to me that she was given a choice that her schedule or her uh, the time that she was supposed to be there was kind of running short. So did she want to continue to see people? Did she want them to have to tell them sorry or not going to be seen today? Oh, yeah. And she said it, man. It was- and you know, I'll. She's she's my hero of the week. I'll let you. I'll let Marcus go ahead and finish the story since he's the one that went through it. Yeah. Well, in case you don't know, uh, Jeremy Lee, uh, the voice of Lucy from Fairy Tale, uh, A two from um, from video games from Near Automata. She was also Queen from Persona Five. Uh, she's uh, she actually plays um, Kotaro in the Netflix adaptation that's on there. Uh, so she's very prominent. She's done a lot of voice work. She's also awesome and, and sort of online. Um, very awesome. She treats she treats every fan and gives them a individual experience. And it, the the venue closed at six, and there was still a lot of people in line. And one of the workers says, um, "Do you want us to cut the line, or do you want us to, you know, cut or like tell them to go?" And she goes, "She goes, no. If they get a line, and I'm still seeing people, she goes, I'm gonna see them all." I was like, "You make sure they all um, get. You make sure I get in line and get a chance to see me." And I looked, and I know it was already six o'clock, and this thing's over at six, and it, all the other vendors and everybody else is already gone or whatever. And she was still going strong because I, you know, and and despite yes, oh yeah, oh she's getting it gets paid no. But at the end of the day, you know, they work, you know, or they have families. They they want to talk. They're tired. They've been on their feet all day. They've been talking all day. And so the fact that she was probably going to be there for another two hours, man, says a lot. And so that's awesome. Whenever they they give back to their fans, you know, it was a real good cool thing that you know Jeremy Lee did. Um, the other person I got to see was Ian Sinclair, uh, Bokuto, uh, Magnus Wing from um, Black Clover and Bokuto from Haikyuu. So real cool people, real awesome. Uh, but here of the week, yeah, man, that's awesome. Uh, Jeremy Lee, man, shout out. I, I, you, That story that you shared with me just stuck with me. And I thought, you know, we're talking about anime, you know, for somebody that has had so much success in her, in her medium, with her work, you know. A small gesture like that goes a long way and that stuck with you and was even a, even stuck with me when you shared that with me those little gestures go a long way and these people out there that you uh you either just hear their voice you see them on the screen you watch them excel at sports those those little things that they're able to give back to their fans uh that are able to stick with them and make an impact in any way make them happy put a smile on their face you know the world out. The world is is rough sometimes, and anytime somebody can make you just a little bit happy, uh, leave you with a with a positive impression. I think that's that's huge. So that's huge. Yeah, shout out like to it. shout out to her and everybody that's able to do that for fans, people, or yeah. or or anyone anyone that you that that you interact with on a day to day basis. You know. Yeah, because you're gonna give them a a memory that lasts a lifetime, you know, and it's gonna, obviously gonna stick with with me, and you know my girlfriend, you know, who's a big fan. So again, shout out. So I think that's a wrap. Yeah, uh, but yeah, but thank you guys for uh, joining Rico and I uh, talking uh, anime Overwatch two year of the week, and it's just a little bit of sports here in this case. But next week, I hope you hope you. Um, get to join us again and listen to what we have to say but we'll see we'll see we'll talk about next week hopefully we have a name by then (laughs) (laughs) yeah thank god it's over next week is pokemon (laughs) sure we'll see (laughs) (laughs) later later guys you have a good one